As Edward said, I changed my sex. <laughs> Glenn or Glinda? <laughs> dun, Indeed. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, I got new headphones, and oh. let me tell you. Okay. They, they are Sennhausers. Nice. They are. But they're and they're almost I don't know if they're noise canceling, but they're they're they plug into the computer. They're not USB. They're a direct mm. mini plug. OK. And they have a lot of cushion around the ear. And so now I really notice that I can't hear myself in my headphones. Because oh. it's, it's a lot. So I think I'm going to have to keep one side off. Ooh, you're going to be like a professional radio guy where you you're well, you're, no. we're, you're wearing the cans and one of them's off so you can hear your voice. All right. Yeah. Yeah, well when you're a professional radio guy, your voice feeds through the microphone back into your headphones and you can you can wear the headphones over your ears. Oh. So this is I may revert back to the other headphones because I'm hmm. uh, maybe I'll get used to this. Maybe I won't. It's it's kind of right. Weird. Is there any way that you can get it to uh, feed back your voice? I don't think so. Not with Uvu. Hmm. OK. Yeah. yeah. I, it's funny. I was just working on Audacity. Yeah. Uh, I was just goofing around with it because I actually recorded a new song. <laughs> so I, I I haven't done that for like, I think for three years now. And um, it took me forever to remember how to do some things. It took me 30 minutes to f- remember how do I feed the mic through Audacity back into the headphones. Mm-hmm. Because I think we talked about one time earlier, when you do that, there's a, there's a short delay. Right. And so when you sing... It's a little discombobulating, right. um, but so I, I so I finally remembered how to do that, and you know I've just been trying to familiarize myself with it again, and it's a pain in the ass to try and figure out how to do things, you know. Yeah, you yeah. know you use it. I know. It's not, yeah, I mean it's um, it's not just Audacity. It's any any program you haven't used for three years, and then you start using again, and you're like, oh my god. Right. I don't remember how to do anything. And I used to be able to, you know, after using it for a year or so, it was just like, click, click, done, done. No, no. I know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Right. I've got Go that ahead. issue with, I think it's called AVS for you. It's a video editing program. And uh. I, hadn't, I hadn't used it for a while. And I was doing stuff to uh, transfer old Loop TV episodes, 97, 98, and 99. And mm-hmm. yeah, it was just so many things that I had forgotten how to do. And I was like, damn, I, I was just a second nature before. And now I, I can't remember I know. shit. Yeah, I know. It took me forever. And then I finally finished what I was doing. And or at least at this point, as much as I wanted to do right now. Mm-hmm. And I went to download it. You know, after you do something on Audacity, you then you have to like save it as a MP3. Yes. So I went I went to save it as an MP3 and I'm missing some DLL file and uh, I went to mm-hmm. download it. And instead, of course, I downloaded some crazy program that tried to I don't know, it may have been a OK thing. It may not have been. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it, instead of just downloading the DLL file, I was downloading some kind of program that fixes DLL issues yeah or something and so i i was like no i'm not doing this i stopped it in the middle and had to go in and and, mm. and uninstall it and and uh 
Yeah. Anyway, it was just like, ah, oh, this is so frustrating. You get when you get a new computer, it's like, oh, all those little things that you had that mm-hmm. work so easily for you. Right. It's just like I was able to download it as a WAV file. And I used to have a, a, a wave to MP3 converter file mm-hmm. that was a nice little free tool I found online. It's right. like, oh, now I got to go download that again. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, anyway, that's my bitching for the moment. Yeah, there's always those little hassles when, when you get a new computer, that's for sure. Yep, absolutely. Right. It was like, uh, remember when my computer crashed a few months back? And I had to pretty much reload everything. And yeah, I went through that bullshit. And you don't notice what's missing until you're, you know, you're trying to use something that you've been using forever. And then it's like, what? Right. Uh, I'm stuck. Then you got to try to remember how you, you know, solved it before. So been there. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's like I this week I wanted I I finally was like, okay, I'm going to download a CD burner. Because, yeah. you know, I, I bought a couple albums uh, downloadable online and I was like, I haven't even really listened to these because I got to have them in a CD in the car. That's just how my life is right now. Yeah. And so I um, I try I, a couple times I tried to download uh, this um, uh, w- one of the CD burner programs that I'd used in the past that I liked and I would download it and I couldn't get it to work. It was driving me crazy. Mm. And um, so then I was like, you know, I just had to buckle down and keep downloading them and then trying them and then, and then seeing if they work. And, and, uh, and finally I downloaded one I'd used in the past that was really easy that I remembered. And, and sure enough, it, once I got it downloaded, it was boom, 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 easy. But yeah, it took me, you know, two hours to find it and load it and let it install and make sure it worked and figure out how to use it and remember how to use it. And mm-hmm. Anyway, okay. I feel like I'm bitching. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't you're mean bitching to a just... little bit. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> how you doing, Mark Browner? It's good to hear your voice. Yeah, I know. It's been. Gosh, we haven't talked. Yeah. Like ten days since we since we've spoken. Exactly. Yeah. If t- not longer. Right. This is a. Monday night, and the last time we recorded was, uh, what was it, Friday of, of the Friday previous night, week. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So. and um, I should mention, too, that um, mm-hmm. I think we'll only be able to do maybe one more in, well, no, we'll be able to do two more. Okay. I, I, one weekend, not, not this coming weekend, but next weekend, I'm in Houston for the whole weekend from like Friday to Tuesday. Oh, okay. All from right. like the 19th through the 23rd or something I'm in Houston so Yeah, I think you had mentioned um, something about that a few weeks ago. Yeah, it's going to be during the uh when Twin Peaks first episode airs. Oh, that's right. The new Twin Peaks. Yes. And um so I I still have gotten, you know, life just happens. It's so frustrating. Life I'm a bitch <laughs> more. Here it comes. Yeah. You know, I haven't I haven't even um started watching the 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 previous episodes of Twin Peaks mm-hmm. and I you know I've had like 3 months and I was like oh I'm going to watch every one of the old episodes <laughs> didn't right? get that done haven't haven't even got that done mm-hmm. and um and when we get in the show I'll talk a little bit more about some stuff I read online this week but okay um and then I haven't set up showtime so I have it so I can see the show oh, I haven't right. checked with anyone in Houston to see if they have it so I can see it mm-hmm. when I'm in Houston uh, you know I, yeah 
I was off work all weekend this past weekend, and I literally didn't do a lot of things I should have done. It just slipped your mind trying to take care of that. Well, it's just um, I got well, you know, it's like I was here this weekend. I did watch three or four movies, but on DVD. But uh, uh-huh. uh, there were other things that I just let slide, and I did download my CD burner program. So I have okay. these CDs. Not to t- tell a long story, but mm-hmm. I, have these, I had my mom gave me a bunch of cassettes that were was music that my grandma and grandpa and her brother and all of them had recorded at different times throughout the years. Oh, that and sounds I, cool. Hmm. Yeah, I, I took those cassettes and I um, ripped them to CDs a couple years ago so we could have them. And mm. um and now I need to rip those CDs to MP3s and then burn them because I've had them for three or four years. And it's like, oh, my God, I need to get this burnt and give it to my mom so she can have it. Yeah, that'd be great. She'd love that, I'm sure. Hmm. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, that's going to be a great Mother's Day present uh, if I get it done within the next week. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's, that's funny you should bring that up about old music that had been uh, recorded that you were trying to get to relatives of yours. I, I uh, ran across some videotapes, and this was a, a couple of years back, of my grandpa playing the hammered dulcimer, if you've ever oh, heard of wow, what that is. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, I have a vague idea, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, if you think about it, it looks like um, a small table that's got piano strings stretched across it okay right and uh Mm -hmm. use these small mallets kind of imagine piano mallets except well i guess the dulcimer is kind of a predecessor to the piano in a way it's it's more ancient than the piano and you just you play the strings with these these two small mallets almost like you're playing a xylophone except you're hitting strings instead of uh metal tubes or wooden tubes right anyway there were two videotapes one was of him playing his dulcimer in his living room and then later on got a videotape of him playing his dulcimer for a crowd prior to the showing of some Czech movie, which I cannot remember. And there's like 15 songs that he performed on his dulcimer at the Ganado Theater in Ganado, Texas, for a crowd of, I don't know how many people, 100 people. And uh, so, yeah, Uh so, so I spent a lot of time taking both of those videotapes and and creating you know two different uh, dvds for people and i took it to family reunions and put it in like the silent auction you know to raise money for the next reunions and things and people really appreciated that so it was a lot of fun oh that's cool yeah that sounds like fun yeah and it's kind um, of you know part of part of my history as the music that you have from your family that you're transferring to uh, mp3s is part of your history as well right it's so funny because i wanted to you know not only do i want to give those to my mom on cds so she can listen to them Mm because you know she gave me cassette tapes years ago three or four years ago probably six or seven but Uh you know then i can save it as mp3s and give it to my nephew because of course that's a format he understands and 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 it's neat because my nephew's is fairly interested in family history so i know it's something that he would like to have and and will and he might not even get around to listening to it for a long time but you know he would have it and then 
his his nieces and nephews and his younger brothers and sisters and stuff could have it too if they wanted it you know sure be neat to kind of keep that uh going within the family Mm -hmm. yeah it's like you know they the the younger ones may not appreciate something like that now but you know in the future they'll be like wow okay this is kind of a a touchstone to uh my family history so that's always cool right yeah i think it's you know I, I don't know if I've ever told you this or if we've talked about this, mm-hmm. um, but like when my grandmother, my mom's mom mm-hmm. was a was a young girl, her and her brothers and dad would play uh, music. They were a band and they would play in like taverns and stuff. Wow. And, OK, um, cool. When Yeah. They, their last name was Marvin. And mm-hmm. so they were called the Marvin Ramblers. And so, um, you know, there's no recordings of them, of course, because this is like in the probably in the 30s or maybe even late 20s. I mean, my grandmother was wow. fairly young, too young to really be in a tavern. Uh-huh. And all she would ever tell us, she, w- she wouldn't talk about it much, but she did. She told us she didn't like it. And I'm assuming <laughs> guys probably hit on her and bothered her all the time, even though I know her, her brother and dad wouldn't, you know, wouldn't have let anything happen to her. But, right. you know, I'm sure it was, you know, it's a stinky tavern full of guys drinking beer for a 17-year-old girl that wasn't fun. Yeah, and I'm sure it was smoke-filled and, and everything like that. As oh, yeah, taverns were want to be back in the day, right? Of course, you know. And, um, but probably taverns may have been more family places in the past. I know it's like uh, if you think about English pubs, were kind of the, the word pub comes from the the full name public house, which meant you know a place where the public gathers to uh, you know drink or talk, listen to me, listen right. to local performers of one kind or another so who knows maybe taverns were you know different in the 1920s and 30s i don't know well yeah i mean and you know i never thought about this either too but i don't even know when prohibition was was it the mid 30s Um, i don't even know if it was during that time if maybe they played in speakeasies or uh i don't know um i don't know either and so but yeah, it was definitely uh, you know, so anyway, the 1930s, though, that Prohibition was, you know, yeah, probably most born, of the 1930s, yeah. She was born, I think, I think she always said she was born in a certain year, but really she was born a few years before that. I feel like she always said she was born in, like, 1918, but she was born in 1915, or I could, or maybe she always said 1929 and it was 1925, I can't remember. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, uh. So, but the thing, what I was really getting to was, you know, she didn't talk about it. All I know is she did it. I don't know anything else about it other than she did it and she didn't like it. Hmm. It it Hmm. would be amazing to just even see a picture of them on stage. I actually kind of Googled the name of the band a few years ago, trying to find anything in an old newspaper that had the the name Marvin Ramblers in it, and of course couldn't find anything. Even hmm. going like through my old hometown newspaper wow. and, and stuff. Um, but it was just a you know it would just be really interesting to know more. I wish I would have asked her when she was alive more questions about it. Even though you know she didn't really want to talk about it, but I think you know if I'd have tried harder, maybe I could get her to talk about it a little more. Um, yeah, but, you know that's but, kind of that's kind of gone now. You know, there's no real yeah. chance to. 
But there is think. these tapes of her when she's older playing music. So. Ah, okay. That's cool. Now, you would think that there would somehow be some family photographs somewhere of that family band together somehow, but maybe not. I, well, you know. And, and there may be in some relative... Uh, you know, you know, back in the day, everybody had a thousand brothers and sisters. Right. She had, she had six or seven brothers and sisters, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, and so someone, you know, somebody else's grandkids or kids may have pictures from that, that I don't even know about. Yeah, that's true. Right. And it's like a lot of that side of the family. I don't really know that well. Oh, well, maybe this is an opportunity for you to maybe make some connections if possible. And maybe you can. I never thought. Yeah, you can maybe find those photographs by talking to some of those people. Could be. I never thought to ask my mom about it to see if she asked any of her cousins Mm -hmm. and such if anybody's parents had pictures of them playing music i'll have to ask her next time i sit down and talk with her yeah because that that may very there may very well be some pictures that i don't know about that and she may know about them but i don't Mm -hmm. know Mm -hmm. i would think if there was she would want to get copies of them but right um anyway so that's interesting the main thing is yeah i gotta get my mom i gotta burn these cds for my mom i've had this stuff for years it's just like five or six years ago mom gave me all the the family photo albums so i could scan the pictures and save them so we could all have them okay and i got through about half of one. Oh, okay <laughs> and then you know some other project or some other thing came up that i i mean scanning pictures is tedious as can be yes, oh my it god is. it's so tedious it definitely and is. there's and and there's just a ton so many of them and a lot of them are really just not i i need to what i need to do is i was trying to do them all and what i really need to do is go through them and mm-hmm. find the some important ones and just do those and not try and do every single picture of the backyard of a house we lived in <laughs> right yeah you that's know that's true yeah you you definitely want to find ones that, yeah, mean something to people. Right. Yeah. Of course. So. You never know. One photo may mean nothing to someone and then everything to somebody else. That's, right. I mean, there are pictures, weird. you know, there are mm-hmm. pictures of the backyard that I took that I remember taking, you know, when my parents would let me play with the camera. I can't believe they ever did. It yeah. It's so expensive to develop pictures but right. you know there's there's a few pictures I, that we have that are just like the back of a house or something that I know I took it I remember taking it and you know I like I would like to have those but you know sure. I don't know if anybody else wants to you know but hmm. anyway it's just another project that I'm like oh one day I'll retire and then I can work on all these things right <laughs> one day I'll have nothing but time to do these things that could happen <laughs> of course yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. So, okay, well, it's when, interesting to hear about your family history. What were they called? What was the family name? <laughs> the Marvins. The Marvins. The Marvins. Uh, okay. So, yeah. Well, it's interesting um, because my I was talking about my grandfather earlier. He had a band with his brothers. I think he had four or five brothers, and they all played different instruments, mostly mm-hmm. like uh, brass instruments, like trumpets and trombones and things like that playing probably polka music 
and maybe jazz selections later on. I don't know. All that German oompa music. Right. Well, that's probably true in other traditional Czech tunes as well. But yeah, they would would go go around to, you know, beer joints around the area where they lived and perform. And, you know, there's a few pictures of that, but I'd I'd like to see more. So it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's like you, you know, and it's funny because it's like, I don't have kids, you don't have kids. And, but, you know, we have, we have other family, you know, I have nieces and nephews. I know you do too. And uh, it's like, you want, you want that stuff to not disappear, you know, and you want right. to, you know, you know, that's so why I, I like my, my nephew's really interested in the family history. And he's talked about, you know, me and him and mom and dad sitting down and, and just turning on a, a camcorder and just talking to them about their lives that he'd like to do that, to have that. And I'm like, right. Yes, we should do that. Of course we do. We ever do it. No, but I mean, you know, I would like to get on to ancestry.com and look, look up my family. Yeah. That's a good idea. I keep saying I'm going to do it, and I just don't. And I wanted my mom to do it, but she has she has a computer, but she lets the kids play with it all the time, so it's just loaded up with junk, uh, games, right. and stuff. And um, well, what's cool about that is you may find out that there are people in your extended family who've already created their own accounts on Ancestry and have, right. have already compiled part of a family tree. And then by you going on and starting, you know, then those two uh, profiles will link up and then, you know, then you'll have a whole lot more information than you you actually realized. Right, right. You know, I watch this show. I don't have you ever watched the show. Who do you think you are? Yes, I it's have. It's kind of a it's kind of sponsored by it's almost a commercial for ancestry.com. Oh, absolutely. It's yes. A, it's an interesting show, you know. Mm-hmm. I, even if it's a celebrity that you're like, "Yeah, you know, I know this celebrity, but I'm not a big fan or anything." Like I was watching one the mm-hmm. other day it was John Stamos, you know, and I'm like, "Yeah, you know, John Stamos, yeah. I don't hate him, I don't like, you know, I don't love him. I, I have no no particular feelings about him." But you right. know, it was his episode of Who Do You Think You Are? And it, it's just kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. um, and I, I, they always run that ad for the thing where you can get the swab and and yes. get the um, the report of like where your DNA kind of comes from or whatever. I did that. I always want to do that, too. Did I, you do that? Yeah, I did that a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, you just uh, you spit in a tube up to the line and then you add some chemical that stabilizes it so that it doesn't, you know, break down, the DNA doesn't break down, and you seal it up and you mail it off to them. And, of course, then you have to create an Ancestry.com profile in order to see the results of what your DNA reveals about you, where you're, genetically speaking, where your, you know, ancestors came from. I mean, I I think I have a pretty good idea of where that is, and it's probably mostly Central Europe, but, you know, who knows? There might be some some wild card in there that that tells me a little more, you know? Are you you still waiting for the results? Yes, it, it takes... I think they said four to six weeks before, you know, you, 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 you'll probably be able to see your results. So maybe in a couple of more weeks, I'll, I'll log on and check to see if anything has happened. Cool. Cause maybe it's would, uh, yeah, sooner than, than they say. Right. Right. Yeah. I would love to know how, 
what you find because mm-hmm. I have thought about what I've thought is I would do that and then my mom if my mom did it then we ought to know something about my dad's side of the family comparing hers to mine yeah I would think right. to a certain degree and so I was like hmm that would be interesting uh, to have her do it and me do it as well. And I, you know, that was another one of those things. Mm-hmm. I'm like, ah, oh, some, some year for mother's day, I'll have her spit and spit in a cup, but, um, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> but it's definitely something I want to do. And I, you know, it's one of those things I just lollygag about so many things and it, I frustrate myself with my, mm-hmm. you know, well, the, the cool thing about you doing it, well, the cool thing, yeah, that's true. Well, the cool thing about you doing it is then, you know, you'll have a DNA profile for both your father and your mother because, you know, half of your genes are contributed by each of your parents. So, you know, right. by you doing it. Well, that's what you, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, you get a whole you get a whole line done. So, yeah, if I could if I could do it and she did it, then we would then I would see presumably right. what my you know, you take my total and minus her half and should be able to know what the other half. Right. Then, yeah. so then your dad doesn't even need, need to do it. But, uh, right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so anyway, one day. I think it's a it's an interesting service that they provide. And uh, I hope to learn something and, and maybe have some surprises. That seems interesting to me, you know. Right. Yeah. I know. I, you know, I know it's kind of, it's, it's weird to say it. It sounds, I don't even know how to say it correctly, but mm-hmm. I, I would love to know if I had some sort of ancestry somewhere, even a small part from Africa, you know, right. Just, I'm just curious if there's any, mm-hmm. you know, in my bloodline. Well, you would think because that, I, you know, uh, well, you would think, I mean, obviously all, humans ultimately trace their bloodline back to Africa. You know, they say that, you know, all uh, Homo sapiens, at least, all originally came from Africa. Of course, of course, they all, they're, they're also saying that, you know, a lot of people living today have uh, Neanderthal blood uh, in them as well. So, hmm. I don't know if, um, um, you know, I, I don't know if they will tell you that kind of information from Ancestry.com. I don't think it, it goes that deep, but... Right. Um, yeah, that's why I'm interested to hear your results because I'd like, you know, I'd like to know a real person who's done it, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe maybe when you get your results, you'll be like, yeah, you know, this really isn't what I hoped it would be, but I think it right. will, and... I would love to hear how you feel about it when, once you get them so that sure. because maybe that will inspire me a little bit more to actually do it, too, because I'd really like to. Mm, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm excited to find out what what's what with my uh, genetic makeup. And, uh, yeah, it may turn out that it's, you know, it's just kind of ho-hum and it's going to tell me <laughs> everything I already know. But right. we shall see. You are a hundred percent white. You're as white as white can be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the thing would be is if if it just says yes, you know, you're based upon your genetic profile, your ancestors came from Central Europe, and then I'm like, well, big yawn there. I already <laughs> I already right. knew that yeah. just from from uh, looking at family trees and and things like that because I've right. I have an uncle who who did a, a pretty extensive family tree, at least for the Dabala 
side of the family, my mom's side of the family. And it's interesting. And it, it, you know, it doesn't go back very, very far because, you know, there's just not a lot of records for people from Central Europe, you know, especially from, say, Czechoslovakia or rural Germany. So I think maybe they go back to the late 1700s at, at most, which is, you know, which is fine. But it's not like some people who can, you know, trace, they trace their lineage back to, you know, Charlemagne or, you know, some famous right. person, one of the, you know, the kings right. of England or whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I, th- it's just like that show. Who do you think you are? Mm-hmm. Sometimes they'll just trace somebody's family kind of back to the civil war and, and, you know, they'll just talk about a, a right. person that was in their family history that was in the civil war. Mm-hmm. You, you know, usually they're what, you know, I've heard that, the, you know, obviously they're looking for an interesting story to tell when they do these celebrities, sure. family trees and history. And, and I've heard there's actually been a couple of them that they've done for, for celebrities where they couldn't find anything interesting. And so they were just like, yeah, oh, we can't really do a show with you because there's oh. nothing's really coming up. That's of interest. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Sure. Um, there, there's gotta be a hook of some kind that, you know, that may, may only be 150 years ago, but if it's an interesting story that makes it right. yeah, TV right, worthy. Yeah. I was, yeah, I was trying to remember the one I watched recently, and now I can't remember who the the person was. Oh, it was, um, it was Liv Tyler, Steven Tyler's daughter, uh-huh. and they they only traced her family history kind of back to um a a, a guy from in the U.S. who was actually in the Civil War, and but it was kind mm-hmm. of interesting because he was actually black, but he passed for white, and he was a drummer in the Civil War, and her dad, Steven Tyler of Aerosmith, was uh, started out as a drummer, and then they found oh. another relative who was also a drummer in their family history. Wow. Um, but, it, you know, it only went back to, like, the Civil War. But then they, I watched one with Courtney Cox where it went all the way back over to Europe into England where – her one of her relatives had owned a castle where one of the kings of England was killed hmm. during uh, and I can't remember you know I can't remember the specifics I don't know much about British history but yeah um but it was interesting because they went several generations back to the seven I think it was in the 1600s when hmm. there was it was like a thing where the son threw the father and in, uh, in j- kind of threw him in jail and then other people who were like earls or lords or whatever mm-hmm. um, killed the, the king so the son could be the king and actually went to prison or were put to death for killing the king. It was wow. a really interesting – yeah, you know, a really interesting story. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I mean it it would be it would be interesting if you could trace your lineage back that far, you know. Sure. But even if you can only trace it to things that happened here in America. I know, mm-hmm. you know, I think we talked about this before my mom when roots Roots. When Roots came on in the seventies, yeah. mm-hmm. she got very interested in tracing our family history and and at one point Somehow she traced it back to these two guys who were French Iscariot that hmm. came to the U.S. and they ran a riverboat, like a, a barge that delivered goods, I believe, or or whatever, uh, that went up and down the Mississippi River oh. um, running this barge taking taking goods and things back and forth, I guess. 
which is a which is like wow i'd really like to know first off what are french iscariots and what's their whole story but you know just to to know more about what they did and mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff would be really interesting yeah that's I, I don't think i've ever heard of a french iscariot and what that means is it like a region in it, france or something I, I think it's a religious sect but i'm not i'm oh. I, you know Hmm. I just assume that, but I may be wrong, too. Yes. Uh, well, I'll have to look it up after we do the show, because I'm kind of curious now that you say that. I just kind of thought it was. And then, you know, I grew up in a little town in Iowa that was only about an hour or so from Nauvoo, Illinois. And Nauvoo is where the Mormons went before they went to Salt Lake City. Oh. And a hmm. lot of them got run out of town, and that's why they went on to Salt Lake City. Right. But there are before they there got kicked many out. of them. Right. Many of them actually <laughs> stayed in Nauvoo area and then there's it's kind of like a historical place for them now so they've over the last few years they've bought a lot of land there and and um they created kind of a little historical site that you can go visit which is kind of neat i mean i you know you know my opinion of mormons but i think they're nuts but um, <laughs> but it, it doesn't make it any less interesting um sure so yeah. and i and there are uh, in our family history there are some mormons as well we found out and i it's one oh. of those things that we you know, you would kind of assume just because really many Mormons lived in the town that I grew up in, even though it wasn't Nauvoo, it was just close to Nauvoo. Yeah. It was kind of a big city, bigger city close to Nauvoo. Um, hmm. And and so we always kind of assumed that somewhere in our history there was probably a few Mormons, um, just like we assumed that maybe there were some black people and maybe there. And I think my mom even found a horse thief in our family history but you know cool yeah, we always assumed there were mormons and then by <laughs> gosh we found out eventually there were some mormons so hell yeah neat. maybe they were mormon horse thieves maybe they were <laughs> <laughs> carrying on the joseph smith tradition of uh chicanery <laughs> uh well you know they're probably horse fuckers too, so who knows? <laughs> we're going to get mail. We're going to get so much mail. Oh my yes. God, we're going to get mail. Oh the, man, what are we going to do? The Society for the, for the Protection of Horses is going to write us some hate, some hate mail. <laughs> no horse in his right mind would fuck a Mormon. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's crazy. Anyway. Oh. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I slippery sloped us right down to horse fucking. Oh, I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do? That's that's what happens when you do a show with me, man. Yeah, you know. You know, you, you probably need a, a stepladder for that. I would assume... So, yeah, I mean, most most folks see there's my there's my guys. There's my engineering mind kicking in. What are the logistics (laughs) of being able to do that? That just seems kind of (laughs) weird. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're going to need a ladder for one thing. Yeah, it's going to have a a ladder. You can have some restraints to keep the horse from kicking you. It's just like the the. uh, you know the big story that um Catherine the Great was was like to get fucked by horses and uh yeah that's the legend had right? all, yeah supposedly had all kinds of contraptions and slings and shit so oh, she shit. could do that 
<laughs> yeah. And I'm like, come on. But who knows? You right. know, I think I think I a lot the- of those stories were just to kind of discredit her as a monarch yeah. after her reign. You know, you know, stories that get contrived about. Well, right. You know, right. Politicians. I mean, you in jack our a country. horse off once and the next thing you know, you're buying <laughs> slings. <laughs> the story is you bought slings and all kinds of stuff. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but come on, if I was the Tsarina of Russia mm-hmm. and had all that money and got bored, you know, all right, <laughs> let's go. Someone build me a sling. Shit. I'm going to fuck a horse. <laughs> I'm the Tsarina. I can do what I want. All right. Yes. How else are you gonna fill? How else are you gonna fill those long, cold uh, Russian winters? Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, it's kind of like uh, in the Scandinavian countries. Some of the kinkiest porn comes from there, just because you know those long, cold winters. I mean, what what the hell else are you gonna do? Yeah. What are you going to do? Fuck a fish? What are you going to do? <laughs> Sounds horrible. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, except for a wide mouth bass. You know, a wide mouth bass, that does sound kind of alluring. Well, you know, <laughs> the gills are ribbed for your pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, wow. I never thought about that. Damn. Uh, anyway, hey. Uh, <laughs> That's horrible fish bestiality. <laughs> oh, man. Man, we did travel down that slope. Man. We per- went down a slope, man. Yeah, we're, we're turning this pre-show into the entire show at this point. <laughs> I know. I was like, okay, I got a lot of things I want to talk about, so we should, we should get yeah. the ball rolling here. Yeah, right. I need to give you an update on the... Uh, Continued adventures of crazy cats in my household. Ah, okay. Okay, should we save it for the show? Let's start the show. Yeah, let's do the intro. Yeah, we'll work it in. Okay. Okay. Just like Catherine the Great did. Thank you. (laughs) 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 Oh, now that was a callback, motherfucker. (laughs) That was pretty good. (laughs) Applause, Uh, applause. Oh, thank you. Thank you. All right. <laughs> mm. That's hilarious. All right. I, I put together a um intro? a um intro because isn't it my turn? Yes it is. I do believe it is. So I'll do that and then it I'm is. gonna talk about the intro again. Okay. Okay. Are you ready? I am Shall I do it? You All do right. it. In in three, two, whew, one. Keeping podcasts weird from the live music capital of the world, Austin, Texas, the city that brought you Firebowl, Ghostland Observatory, hmm. Wiley Wiggins, Thread Gills, Graham Reynolds, Leslie Cochran, and the world's largest urban population of Mexican free-tailed bats, it's A Slippery Slope, the podcast with the dazed and confused Mark Browner and Lodger. Hey man. Yes. Hello. Yeah. Wow. Hey, so 
I, you know, I don't know if you noticed, mm-hmm. but um, I'm sure you, I'm sure you have that. Like, um, our first episode, you put that up on the on the website May 31st of 2016, almost a year ago. Wow. Okay. Did Did you snap to that? We're close to our one year anniversary here. No, I did not snap to that. I knew that we had to be getting close to that time because uh, I had to renew uh, our website. Um, ah. just, uh, I don't know, like two weeks ago. So I had, you know, I ah, had our... yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. So cool. All right. We are fast approaching. So that when did yeah. you say our, our first one was posted? May 30, May 31st, May 31st of huh. 16. Yeah. Wow, it's funny cool. because I, I noticed that a couple, it just hit me a, a few weeks ago. Maybe it was just synchronicity. Maybe I psychically knew that you had paid the renewal, but I was like, huh, Possibly. how long have we been doing this? You know, because we're like episode, is this episode 40? This is episode 40. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. We're at episode 40. And I thought, you know, I, I know we didn't do one a week. I knew we weren't going to be able to hit 52 in a year, but I was like, we got to be at 39. We got to be getting close. So mm-hmm. I looked and it was May 31st of 16. And yeah. then um, I was just this weekend, I was just kind of listening to, I was like, man, I want to go back and listen to the first episode a little bit. So I, I started listening to the first episode and I realized for people who, who start listening to this show, if you want to know kind of how me and Mark met and what we did that led us to do this podcast that's all in episode one. Oh, definitely it, that's uh, really it you gives know, you the, really, the history yeah so definitely if you're if you're listening to the uh, podcast and you're interested in how mark and i met and that kind of stuff then episode one is the episode to listen to it it kind of talks about what we did how we met and what we did and the the um public access tv show that we did and that sort of stuff yes um the great lube tv so yeah and actually on that episode i do believe you talk a lot more than me which is probably the only one episode (laughs) (laughs) where you where you talk more than i do i think after that it was a free-for-all and i (laughs) sure sure yeah, it took uh, an episode or two, and you had your sea legs, and then all of a sudden, it's uh, it was all uphill from there, or downhill, or whatever they say. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> down, uphill down the slippery slope from there. Yes, yeah. all the, yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I I don't even think the very then, first episode that we re- we recorded that we even had agreed on a name. It wasn't until episode two that we had actually decided upon a slippery slope. So the other thing I noticed when I was listening to episode one was mm-hmm. that we didn't have the intro. I thought I had came up with that intro from the very beginning. No. Um, yeah, I don't think that but, that kicked in till a few episodes in. I, I, I don't know exactly yeah, which yeah. one it was, but. Well, I, I listened until I found out and it was episode six. I, we went five episodes without an intro. I did not. I thought we had done it from the very beginning. So, so um, mm-hmm. I didn't listen to all five of the early episodes. But I, you know, I listened long enough to to be like, does this is it on this one? And then we do it on six, and then kind of talk about how it's a new thing or whatever. So, mm-hmm. I just thought that was interesting. It hasn't even been a year, and my memory was already poor on that. <laughs> On that, right? You know? Yeah, and well. I was, 
I was looking at at one of the early episodes. I think it was episode five, and one of the one of the things that it said it talked about was Orlando, and I was like, Orlando, what the hell are we talking about Orlando for? Which oh, it was the right. Pulse nightclub stuff, but yeah, I'd totally forgotten that we had talked about that. I was like, oh yeah, that was a big you know we, that was a big mm-hmm. important thing that we discussed, and it's um it it's funny how time goes. You know, it's only been a year and already my mind is on a thousand other things. So, Wow. Did we talk about Orlando on the first episode? No, it's like, uh, I think it's episode five that we we talk about it, I okay. do believe. All right. Um, it's episode five, four, five or six, somewhere around that time frame mm. um, where we <clears throat> talk about that. Um, but it was funny because I was like, you know, when I think of Orlando, I don't think of the pulse shooting nightclub shooting i i was thinking about like were we talking about disney why would we be talking about going to orlando <laughs> right. you know i was just like i didn't mm. i didn't um sna- I, I had to listen to the episode to figure out what we were talking about and then of course it made sense so yeah yeah um how soon we forget i know right and 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 wrong to forget cuz and i've mm-hmm. seen they're they're um actually the people who own Pulse are turning it into a kind of a um, they're going to have a uh, monuments, not the right word, but they're going to have like a uh, they're they're doing something special there to commemorate like a what happened and memorial of some sort, like a memorial of some sort. Yeah, that's mm. going to be there. And okay. and um, so it's been in the news. I've seen some things about it, um, but I you know, it's it is it is kind of sad how easily things kind of move into the past and we kind of we don't really forget them but they're not top of mind like they are when they happen of course right uh, it's just the oh, nature yeah. of of the beast you know but right it's uh it's it was i was like wow i can't believe that i didn't remember we talked about that on the show until i had my memory jogged so yeah um anyway well i think that it was like the next horrifying event kind of obliterates past horrifying events and I guess the yeah. Well, there's that too, right? Yeah, the, you know, the election of Trump, the horrifying event, kind of made us forget about a lot of things, probably. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That was. Uh, and then there's just so much in the news every day. You know, when I was a young person, I didn't follow the news at all, and really, I don't think I would follow it now, except it's online. Right. And like. At, at lunch every day, I pretty much look at Google News and see what's going on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I feel like an old man because it's like, oh, yeah, you know, that's something grandfathers do. But <laughs> <laughs> what? But in a way, I read the news. I think it's kind of. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, you know, like my dad's dad. It's like if if we would go over and visit them, the you know, wouldn't be too long before he'd say, you see where that guy in in Dubuque got hit in the head with a tire iron, you know, he'd <laughs> bring up s- some crazy thing he'd seen in the news. Oh, Did you see where okay. that gal got murdered down there by s- right. Main Street? Yeah. Um, you know, and and that's just like, to me, that's just like the, talking about the news is kind of a grandpa thing, but yeah. I do it now. Well, there, yeah, there's a guy at work who uh, has the Huffington Post app on his phone and and so, yeah, it's almost on a daily basis. He'll go, hey, did you see where Trump did this? And I'm like, oh, God, I don't I, I don't right. really want to know. It's just one horrifying event after right. another. So, <laughs> I mean, 
Yeah, but at the same time, I think I think you know younger people are engaged now with with world events and the news more than they ever had have been or I have been so. in a long time, mm-hmm. and I think it's because of social media. And um, you True. know, when we were kids, the news came on at six. If you weren't home at six, you didn't know what was going on. Well, there was the newspaper too, but right, you know. But I think when there, I was a teenager and, mm-hmm. oh, you know, I didn't watch the news or read the newspaper in my 20s even. Yeah. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Well, of course, now people are being overwhelmed with news from various sources, some of them suspect and unreliable. And so it's almost like, wow, where do you where do you get, you know, truthful and reliable news? I mean, I, I have some right. answers for that. Uh, but there's there's so many other News sources that are are in direct opposition to, you know, what the mainstream news sources provide. And so it it, it gets very confusing, I'm sure, for millennials to try to separate fact from fiction. Right. Yeah. You know, well, you know, I mean, millennials tend to be more liberal, although not all are. And um, yeah, it's funny because sometimes I will even see a a news story with a liberal slant that I know Mm. they've they've either exaggerated it or, or, you know, or, or like this whole, this week there was a whole thing with Stephen Colbert. Supposedly the FCC was going after him for, for, uh, talking about Trump and Putin and, um, using, uh, using the word cock holster, which apparently was bleeped anyway. And, you know, the FCC, the FCC said, we will, we will investigate and we will take the necessary actions or whatever. Well, um, they didn't even say we'd investigate. They said, we'll, we'll take the necessary actions. Well, there, there is no necessary action. He has, Hasn't done anything wrong, so right. of course and if there was, was a lot of liberal media uh-huh. trying to get trying to get li- liberals all worked up. We've got to save Colbert. We've got to fight for Colbert and all this stuff. Well, horseshit, he's not in any trouble. The FCC no. can't do anything to him. Worst case scenario, they might slap a try to slap a fine on him on CBS actually. Um, so no big deal. But wait, but wait but a I'm minute. All... If the word cock was bleeped, there's nothing to get worked up about, nothing to get fined over. So what's exactly. Yeah. I mean, the, all the, the FCC didn't say we're going to take action. The FCC said we'll take whatever action is appropriate or, you know, something like that. Yeah. Which is basically saying, you know, yeah, we'll look into it. But if he didn't do anything, there's no action necessary. Exactly. I mean, but liberals were, were get, getting all whipped up in a frenzy about it. And to me, that doesn't bother me as much because I'm like, yeah, well, good. Get get worked up in a frenzy. Think about <laughs> free speech and think about how wrong that would be to, to for him to be fined and, and slapped on the hand by the FCC for that. There's that's completely mm. uncalled for. So, yeah, but get all worked up about it. Cause it's important that we have free speech and I'm all for you. You getting kind of, they weren't lied to, but kind of misled mm-hmm. by, um, you know, liberal news outlets handling of it. True. But, uh, but, but on the other side of the fence and you've got, uh, right wing sites that are, you know, calling for Colbert's head on a stick. Because he insulted the president, and they hope right, that the yeah. FCC bans him forever. And of course, that's couldn't happen. You it's know. not going to happen. No, of no, course not. Nope. Well, so you've got yeah, you got a yeah. fr- you got a frenzy on on yeah on both ends of the spectrum, and uh, right, you know, which so. is better than a frenzy on one end, I think. Yeah, well, that's true. 
I mean, so. liberals need to learn to make as much noise and be as as uh, outspoken and outrageous and and as angry as as uh, conservatives. Right. Um, you know what I miss about uh, news is the fact. Okay, the crux of a story there is truth, but you know, right wing news organizations may slant it or spin it, you know, to suit their narrative. And then left-wing news sources will slant it or spin it to meet that agenda. Now, you know, we're dealing with the the new quote-unquote news where stories are made completely out of whole cloth, completely made up. There can be news stories on Fox News that are just as fallacious as anything you would read in the National Enquirer. And then you've got online websites like Breitbart that completely, you know, make up untrue stories just to fit an agenda. And that's the kind of stuff that worries me. I don't mind somebody taking a true story and kind of spinning it in one direction or another. It's just when a story is completely made up and fake, true fake news, not what Trump calls fake news, which is the mainstream news. Right. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Well, for one thing, you don't see liberal media completely completely making up stories in my opinion um as no. much as you do but i think they you know they both spin it um sure i don't i don't know, i don't mind spin they both got I, their agenda yeah i don't mind spin i just hate lies i mean right it seems like truth is becoming a more difficult commodity to acquire these days well what's what really what it really boils down to is on the part of the reader or viewer it requires some common sense and some intelligence to decipher it mm-hmm. and I think you know where I'm going with that <laughs> uh, right <laughs> yeah you know and, and that's the real downside in my opinion is is that a lot of people are smart enough I feel like I'm smart enough to know it's just like the Colbert thing mm-hmm. I saw the headline that was like oh you know Colbert in trouble or FCC coming after Colbert and then when you read the story it's like oh you know, no, the FCC just said, we'll look into it, and if there's any substance, we'll do what's appropriate. Right. You know, well, but someone who just reads a headline is not going to get the full story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, we, we're rambling about news, and that's not what we want to talk about. Yes. It's all my fault. Right. I'm well, sorry. the bottom line is— I'm a bad person. The bottom line is uh, Trump is Putin's cock holster. I think that's the bottom line. <laughs> And Greg Abbott is a rolling homophobe. <laughs> well, that's that's true. Uh, uh, you know, he's pissed me off this week. Oh, what has he done now? Oh, we signed that thing about the sanctuary cities. Oh. Some law that's supposed to make sanctuary cities against the law in Texas. Some uh-huh. horseshit law that they can't uphold, of course, you know. But yeah. he got on Facebook Live and signed it. I mean, we talk about making Texas look like a shithole. Right. Jesus Christ. You know, it's it's really a, a grandstanding, and it's all about optics. He wants his followers to see what a fabulous guy he is by taking a stand on this so yeah right terrific uh yeah so can't wait can't wait for the next election um yeah well oh yeah it 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 bans sanctuary cities 
Yeah, I, I who knows? You know, I know it's Texas. I mm-hmm. don't know if we can get an asshole like Greg Abbott out of office. It's probably near to impossible with all the right. conservatives and and Christians and Catholics that live in Texas. But and, and more to the uh, point, he's, he, and he's more to horrible. more to the point, gerrymandering. Because I think there's a lot more. Well, oh yeah, people. I think he'd easily be voted out if this state weren't gerrymandered into the most horrible, slanted way to uh, favor Republicans. So I, d- I don't know if there's any hope there until uh, gerrymandering is made illegal and that there is someone an outside, yeah. unbiased entity that actually uh, apportions or creates districts in states. Until that happens, it's just going to get worse and worse. Yeah, absolutely. So, hey, anyway. let's talk about more. Let's let's talk about fun stuff. Let's talk about people who die. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yes, let's do that. <laughs> and let's cue music. Cue music. Hey, um, yep. I also people wanted died. to mention, but I. Yeah, people died. I I wanted to mention we're on Facebook and we're on Twitter, um, but I I didn't want to do that close to the other stuff we were talking about. (laughs) Right. Um, But we are on Facebook at A Slippery Slope, and we are on Twitter. The Twitter handle is at Slope Podcast, S-L-O-P-E-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, at Slope Podcast. Um, Yeah. This was kind of a, a week where nobody really super well known uh, mm-hmm. passed away. Oh, um, okay. lots and lots of of you know kind of uh, little known or you know I don't know what you would say like uh, you know one of the people who passed away this week is uh, Richard Racehorse Haynes actually about a, ten days ago right after we did the last mm. episode yeah. Um, and I know that name. Do you, are you familiar with that name? Yeah, I, I've heard that name many times, though I couldn't necessarily say. I know he's a politician, but I, I that's that's about all I know about him. Yeah, oh. I think he's a lawyer, and and uh, oh, that's, and that's about see, all I know. There you too. go. I, I know very yeah. little, but I have heard that name many many times in my life. Yes. Yeah, it being, and I, I don't know if it's a Texas thing, because um, I feel like he was a, a. I think I read a little bit about him on Wikipedia when he died, but just a you know just a cursory overview. I think mm. he was mm. from Dallas, but I'm not a hundred percent sure about that. And yeah. I, he was involved in a couple of high profile murder cases where he represented uh, the suspected murderer, I believe. I think of some really wealthy people who were mm-hmm. who were accused of murder or something, but I, I don't really know that much about him either. Um, but uh, that's a name I remember hearing on the news a lot back in the day when I was younger. You'd yeah. hear it uh, um, in the 70s and 80s. And, uh, so there was a lot of um, people like that, like another person who who died, people who died, died. Yeah. Um, and that I don't I didn't recognize this guy's name, but the story was interesting. His name was Bruce Hampton. He was apparently a musician, a guitarist that was that was involved with a lot of kind of like jam band mm, genre type like fish and, and Grateful oh. Dead and that oh. kind of thing. OK, that is. And the weird, weird, interesting thing about him was uh, he was doing a show to celebrate his 70th birthday. Hmm. And died on stage. Oh my God! 
What is it during that show? People dying on stage. Didn't we have uh, yeah. one of those a couple of weeks ago? Hmm. I feel like there was someone. Yeah. yeah, it was just really like like I have never heard of Bruce Hampton, but reading some stuff about him online, he you know he was apparently fairly well known by folks, especially folks who are kind of into that genre of music that they call jam band or you know whatever you want to call it right um but i'd never heard of him but the story was hmm. kind of interesting and uh, and you know of course his friends were were like you know he, he died happy he was on stage playing music which is what he loved to do you know so right you know that's kind of not how we all kind of want to go doing something that we love to do yeah i guess so it's just probably uh wasn't exactly how he wanted to to end the end their musical set, I'm sure. But what are you gonna do? Right, yeah. <laughs> you you missed the uh, the standing ovation at the end, but what can you do? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> um, did you have anyone you wanted? To, I got like uh, four more. They're all um, not that well known. You know, I'll wait till the end because I'm kind of okay. gonna do one that's not necessarily a human death. But anyway, oh, yeah, that's on my list. Okay. That's on my list too. All right. Uh, so, uh, so we'll just go over some other ones relatively briefly here. Mm-hmm. Don Gordon, he was an actor who was in Bullet and Papillon, um, oh. Oh. but I I don't know who he was. There were lots of of this last ten days or so. There were lots of actors who were like actors in other countries mm-hmm. and had been in movies that were kind of like would be in one movie maybe that was kind of a hit in America or yeah. uh, I mean, there must've been seven or eight different people who died, who, who were not household names. Mm-hmm. I'd never seen their names before, but they'd been in a movie that I recognized. Okay. Um, so the guy who was in, um, Bullet in fact, another one, the guy who was in bullet and Papillon, he must've been a buddy mm-hmm. of Steve McQueen. If he was in both well, of those movies. Well, that's what I wondered. Yeah, that's what I wondered, too, if McQueen and him hung out a lot and McQueen got him the job. I don't know. Um, uh, Another guy that was an actor that I'd never heard of, but I thought it was kind of interesting for our show, was a guy named Moray Watson. He was a British actor who was 88 years old, and he was in The Quartermass Experiment. (laughs) Oh, you're kidding. Wow. (laughs) Oh, man. I was like, wow, that's a callback to a really early episode of a slippery slope yeah um, exactly i don't hmm. i don't remember how long ago we were talking about the quartermass experiment and i i still can never remember the name of that movie that i think was somehow vaguely related to that that we saw what uh, one sunday here five million miles to earth or f- yeah wasn't that somehow vaguely related to it Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, isn't that the subtitle of Five Million Years to Earth? The Maybe qu- so. The, the, quarter Maybe mass in- the quarter mass incident? That's I think a- that's what got us started on talking about it, looking into it. Right. Then I read some stuff online that maybe it was a TV show. Mm-hmm. On the BBC at first, and or a radio show. I can't remember, but yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I yeah. We'll some. <laughs> we'll have to go back and. Right. Listen to those old episodes where we talk about it because we all, I also thought it was something about Alan Quartermain, which is a completely different thing from the Quartermass. <laughs> right. That's like a series yeah. of books in English literature that kind of a an ad- adventuresome fellow named Alan Quartermain. Right. Which has nothing to do with I, the Quartermass incident, right? Right, yeah. And didn't someone like Tom Selleck do a uh, Alan Quartermain movie? 
I feel like someone yeah. at some point in the eighties or something did a movie. I think you based might on be that. right. Yes, but uh, don't ask me what the hell it is. Yeah, I don't. I don't know either. Yeah. Um, another person who died that I couldn't find. Uh, I just found the story online. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried to look him up on Wikipedia. There wasn't a Wikipedia page for him and or anything that I could find, but. Uh, his uh, his name's Robert Wilson. He's actually the father of of Owen Wilson and Luke Wilson. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't know this about their dad. Their dad ran the the big PBS station in Dallas for many years. Huh. And so I didn't know that. And um, either. And he's the guy. He's the guy who pretty much brought Monty Python to PBS in the seventies. Really, I he was no like the idea. first guy. Yeah, he's hmm. like the first guy I think to to purchase it and and uh, show it on stations in the U.S. Wow, um, that's cool because of, yeah, that was my first cool. yeah yeah that was my first exposure to Monty Python is when it was on yeah PBS out of Austin um, yeah so, yeah, yeah they showed it in PBS in Houston as well and that was the first time I saw it mm-hmm. I couldn't even tell you what the first thing I ever saw on a Monty Python sketch you know what show it was or what sketch it was. But yeah. I remember just thinking it was really cool and unique. And and then after you watched a few episodes, you were always waiting to see if there was more right. in the show. But then there'd always be more. Right. After the credits had finished rolling, you know, it was, it was, there might be some more. Maybe, maybe. And the only yeah. downside of it was, is it was like, you know, one episode a week on PBS and you know they're only like 30 minutes long and so it's just it was never enough never enough right but, uh, right it never seemed like enough yeah yeah i still remember the sponsor of Monty Python on uh, PBS it was William Gammon Insurance no wait that was Doctor oh, wow. Who never mind <laughs> it might okay. have been William Gammon say, too i don't i don't remember there being a sponsor for it in Houston but maybe there mm. was i'm yeah. sure there probably was it Right. Um, I think, and I think they ran it on Saturday, late Saturday. It would run like Saturday night at midnight or something, hmm. or Friday night at midnight or something. Um, and then I remember seeing Monty Python on the Holy Grail at a midnight movie when I was about seventeen, maybe sixteen. Oh, um, yeah. I can't even remember the and first I, time. Yeah, I saw a Monty Python movie. Yeah. Yeah, I loved Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Of course, was mm-hmm. you know this was like right when right when VCRs were starting to happen. So, like really right before like so I'm like 16. It's the late 70s, and the only way to see Monty Python and the Holy Grail was to see it at a midnight movie. It actually, oh huh. my God, now that I remember it, it, it was actually Monty Python and the Holy Grail as a double feature and Jabberwocky and Jabberwocky is wow, really cool. really. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, it's kind of horrible. I, mm. It was, it's hard to follow. It's not the greatest thing. And I, so like, it was before I could drive because my mom took me and a friend of mine, mm-hmm. and we got out of the theater at after three in the morning, and she's sitting in the parking lot waiting for us. My mom was the coolest mom. Wow. And still is. <laughs> nice. Waiting, letting me go to a midnight movie and picking me up. At, uh, she's sitting in the car reading a book at three o'clock in the morning, waiting for me to get out of the theater. Definitely did How not cool see. How cool is that? <laughs> yeah, that is very cool. She's a cool woman. I don't think I ever saw Holy Grail uh, at, at the theater, and certainly not Jabberwocky. That was all probably on uh, 
VHS back when, you know, people actually watched VHS tapes and you had to rent it from the right. local video store and we didn't even have a VCR so you'd have right. to you'd have to rent a VCR from the video store also. <laughs> <laughs> wow, isn't that crazy? I forgot about that, but I do remember those days. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we did that at some point. Yeah. Um cuz yeah, they used to be expensive when they first came out. Yep. And we didn't even have color TV until I was a teenager. Hmm. And okay. I I know I know we when we bought a VCR finally. Yeah. Um I bet it you know, they when they first came out they were like 3 400 dollars. Uh, I bet we didn't buy one until it was under 200. Right. So oh, I yeah. don't even know Definitely. when I had my first mm-hmm. VCR. Yeah, I I, I can't But yeah, remember boy, that, that used to be fun to go to the video store and rent videos and you know it's like a thing that young people now can't even imagine to where it's yeah. kind of like music too you know used to be like the greatest thing would be to go to a a record store somewhere in a big city and and you'd find some record you'd heard about but never heard before mm-hmm. and and if you could afford it you would take it home sometimes you couldn't afford it yeah um you had to be selective, but those that going to record stores and and video stores when I was younger was those were awesome days. Yeah, they were magical times. Going through, wow, look at all these movies that I can select from. Yeah, the, the, the movies that I've heard about but never got a chance to see. Mm-hmm. Yes, the possibilities are endless. So yeah, that was definitely where I saw. Um, yeah, Holy Grail, and yeah, I think I did uh, rent Jabberwocky. Uh, probably after that. And y- yeah, you're right. It, it isn't that great of a movie. <laughs> and, it isn't. But um, I'm trying but to think. I it's may based have, on like a nonsense poem, isn't it, I think? It, I believe it is. Yeah, and I, I think I <laughs> saw Life of Brian in the theater. And of course, The Meaning of Life. And are there any other Python movies other than that, um, Yellowbeard, oh. which I've never seen. Was that actually a Python movie, or, or just had a couple of Python actors in it? I may have just had a couple of Python actors in it. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I remember that one like as well. There's one more, but I right. can't remember. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I actually didn't see Life of Brian until a few years ago, and I don't think too much of it. I know some people love it. I, I just maybe I think it just got overhyped, oh. and it was just too. No, I you like know. it. I watch it every Easter. <laughs> do you really? No. <laughs> no. But. I there there was a time that I did do that. Um, you know what's so funny is the I was talking about Ganado, Texas earlier, and uh, I remember going to my grandparents' house, and there was a uh, a supermarket like a block and a half away from their house, and it was a some shitty supermarket called Stanley's and went over there and was looking in their book section and there was a Life of Brian picture book that had the complete uh, uh-huh. script of the movie in the book so you could read it and look at the pictures and it was amazing and I found it in a Stanley's grocery store in Ganado, Texas <laughs> of all places. Why they had that book, I don't know, but I love that book and then one day it disappeared. I don't know, maybe my my parents found it and reading through it, and they were like, this is blasphemous, and they threw it away or something. <laughs> oh, so you actually bought it, huh? Yeah, I actually bought it. It was, you know, it was cheap. It was, you know, it was probably two and a half dollars or something, you know. 
So, right. Hmm. It's crazy. I was probably, you know, 13 years old. It was. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. I love that book. I wish I still had it, man. It'd probably be a collector's item now. Right. Yeah. You yeah. see, you should do what I do. Someone who just spends way more money than they should on crap, things like that. You should go mm-hmm. on uh, Amazon and eBay and see if somebody has it and get it for yourself. Yeah, I think I will. I really like that book. Since you're an adult now. Yeah, you're an adult now. You can have it. You can afford it. You should get it for yourself. Right. I like it. I did that with a lot of, um, oh, when I became, finally became an adult at like 40 and got a real job and actually made (laughs) real money, I started, it's like, uh, you know, right before MP3s came around, I bought uh, a lot of CDs that I'd always wanted to have. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I still buy a lot of DVDs and then books that I had when I, or read when I was a kid that I hadn't thought of for years that I've bought. Mm. Um, Oh yeah. yeah. You can kind of capture, recapture your youth or. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and some of them, I mean, you know, like the one you're talking about would be kind of cool to have them, you know, it's more of a collector's thing or a, a sentimental thing too, but it was kind of neat to, uh, I bought several books online and didn't really spend much money on them uh, of books I had read when I was a young person that I had forgotten about or read one time and wanted to read it again because I couldn't remember exactly what it was about. I think mm-hmm. we talked on one of the earlier episodes about A Day No Pigs Would Die, which was a book that I read when I was a kid. And when I became an adult, I got online and bought a copy of it because yeah. uh, I loved it when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember you talking about that. So, yeah. Wow. How did we how did we get into that in our the people who died section? The Owen and Luke Wilson's dad brought Monty Python oh. to Wow. Okay. PBS. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh the only Yeah, I know. That's kind of cool. Uh the only other person I had was um the sax player for the English Beat, which was just called The Beat in England. Well, hmm. his his hmm. name was Saxa, S A X A. And he played saxophone. Um, <laughs> That's <laughs> funny. Away this this past week. It's funny how that works out. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I wonder. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's like a drummer named Sticks. <laughs> exactly. Sticks. <laughs> they call me Saxa because I play the saxophone. <laughs> Hilarious. Uh, okay. That's the uh, people who've died. Now are we going to get into the segment? Those are cats who've died. <laughs> Those are animals who died, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. All yeah. my cats, they died. No, they didn't. They um, were furry and they died. But, uh, okay. So, yes, <laughs> now that the uh, people who died segment is over, yes, we can we can definitely segue into the, the something else. Okay, well, you remember, um, I guess it was last episode, I had mentioned that uh, Sierra's cat, Teeny, had gone missing. A Sunday evening, we were barbecuing on the patio and opened up the patio door and Teeny darted out into the night never to return and so i had made some flyers with a picture and distributed them around you know various several of my neighbors houses to see if they had hopefully seen the cat or had taken him in or something like that and that's what i was hoping on but nothing ever came of it so i made up a second batch of flyers to distribute 
around neighborhoods that are a block or so away from our house, you know, and I and I included Sierra's phone number on it. And maybe a couple of days later, Sierra actually got a phone call from Animal Control here in Round Rock. And so she was she had told me about it and I was optimistic about it. And they said that they were going to call her back and give her more details. Well, as it turned out, well, they animal control in Round Rock had a cat in their freezer. So obviously it was a dead cat. And so they sent Sierra a picture and uh, she identified it. And it was, in fact, Teeny who was dead. And according to the person at animal control, they said that Uh, Someone had called Animal Control and said that there was a cat that had been injured. It had been hit by a car. And so they showed up and saw that, you know, the injuries were far beyond any helping the cat. So they had to put her to sleep, unfortunately. So that was kind of the, the sad end of the story. I think, you know, Sierra didn't actually get any information about it until after I had Put those flyers out and someone apparently had known somebody at animal control and that's how animal control had gotten sierra's phone number and they had contacted her that way so hmm. yeah so anyway teeny has gone to Bummer. that great uh scratching post in the sky what? i don't think if, if i lost a cat Mm-hmm. I would want someone to send me a picture to identify. Yeah. I, just, I, I mean, you got it. I mean, you have to know you, you, you know, you've got to know you, you right. want to know, but how unpleasant. I mean, that's just not, yeah. not a happy, yeah. you know, but at least there's just nothing nice about that. No. I mean, but at least that it brought some closure to the whole mystery of where the hell is she? You know, I thought, she had been eaten by a dog or a coyote or something i don't know or someone else had you know stolen her or adopted her but no it was it was uh yeah it was probably yeah sad exactly what you know the the most obvious answer is that you know she'd met some misfortune and yeah getting hit by a car is pretty common for cats or so it seems so right isn't that the schrodinger um isn't that the Schrodinger um, theorem that the the most uh, likely way that your cat died is actually the way it died? <laughs> no, I think you're. I think you're. That was a terrible I, joke and not even I, funny. <laughs> no, it, actually, it was kind of funny because I kind of think you're you're mixing <laughs> you're mixing things. I know there's a thing about Schrodinger's cat where you know the the cat in a box could be alive or it could be dead, but you're not sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, garbling it just I'm as only, bad as only, you. It's both It's both a dead and alive until you open the box or something. Right, I think that's what it is. But I think what you're actually yeah. referring to was uh, the idea that, what is it, the most... The simplest answer usually is the one. Or, yeah, or something that's like it. That. Yeah. And what is that one called? Uh, that's... Um, yeah. Damn it. That's ridiculous. I can't even think what that is. That's somebody's that's law. The most simple answer is usually the correct answer. Mm-hmm. That's not what it is, but it's close to that. Yeah. Oh, Occam's Have Razor. Have you got a new cat yet? It's Occam's Razor. Oh, that's Occam's Razor. Ah, okay. 
Yeah. Ah, so Schrodinger's razor or Occam's cat. I don't know which it is. Yeah, Occam's razor says, suppose there exists two explanations for an occurrence. In this case, the simpler one is usually better or or is Mm. probably most true. Well, man, cheers to teeny. Yeah, well. Drink, Drink a martini to teeny. Oh, okay. But on top of that, after teeny disappeared, Daisy... The other cat, which is my cat originally, stopped eating, and I'm like, "Ah, oh, great! This is this is ridiculous." So it, it was going, you know, it was almost going on a week that she had not been e- eating. So I ended up taking her to the vet and found out that you know her diabetes is back with a with a rage because of that. Her body was, you know, basically feeding upon itself, and and her liver was getting all fatty because it was it was taking all the fat from her body and storing it in her, in her liver as a uh, a natural response to uh, to not eating. And then she had an inflamed intestines and colon and all this stuff, and and it was horrible. She was jaundiced. After all the tests that the veterinarian had done, he told me all of this stuff. Right. And I'm like, crap. Because you can't and, see that a cat is jaundiced. Well, yeah, actually you can. If you look at the inside their ears, if the inside of their ears has turned yellow, they're actually jaundiced. But I didn't know that stuff. Wow. So No, who knew that? Right. So he, he gives her a syringe full of antibiotics. And, and mm-hmm. uh, because she's dehydrated, because she hasn't been eating or drinking... And because her blood sugar is so high, she's probably, you know, trying to pee that away and not drinking and eating. Uh, So the doctor gives her intravenous fluids, you know, underneath the skin, what they call it, subcutaneous fluids. And so she ends up with a big old camel hump on her because (laughs) her skin's full of water. And uh, so $400 later, I take her home. Jesus fuckballs Christ. Yeah, no shit. So I'm like, oh, God, had I known it had been that much, I might have done something else. And then after that, I had to buy more insulin. because Cat insulin? Well, it was just human insulin. It was uh, Atlantis. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it was human insulin that I bought from a veterinarian called in to a local drugstore and so I went and picked that up the next day and that's another $250 for a freaking vial of insulin. How long does that last? I don't know, like five, six months because I'm not going to dose very much. So anyway, so the end of that story has a happy ending is uh, she's kind of turned the corner as of today. Uh, She started receiving treatment. uh, That was Friday. And uh, I've been dosing her on insulin since Saturday, and now today, finally, after several days of having to force feed her with a oral syringe, uh, which is no fun, I can tell you that, and dosing her with insulin, today she's actually started eating on her own again. So I swear to God, this this cat has literally has nine lives. I mean, there have been multiple times where she's been sick. Well, maybe not multiple times, at least a one or two times where it seems that she probably wasn't going to make it, but she's uh, she's on the mend and going to survive. So can we talk? Uh, can we talk about pop culture now? Because I <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're a crazy cat lady, Mark Brown. Uh, oh my God! Why don't you just uh, have kids? Uh, yeah, I probably should. <laughs> 
So anyway, all right. So th- that's the end of the cat stories for now, and hopefully forever. <laughs> hopefully, the rest of uh, cat stories have no interest whatsoever. I mean, these they are things that are going on in my life that are just pain in the ass and worrisome. So um, I'm glad I've purged them at this point. Yeah, I anyway, you know, I know. I've tried to divest myself of any responsibility as much as I can, which is why I don't. One of the reasons I'm glad I don't have kids mm-hmm. and, you know, I, I've, I haven't had pets since I've lived on my own because I can barely take care of myself. It's all I can do to get up in the morning and have clothes available to clean myself. I had to go buy towels <laughs> the other day because okay. I'm too fucking lazy to, to wash the towels that I have. Yeah. Um, you know, I just I, I've divested myself from any and all responsibility as much as I can mm-hmm. for the very reason you're talking about right now. Okay. I don't want to deal with a fucking sick cat and spend a thousand dollars on yeah. a diabetic cat. Just about. Oh my God. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it is crazy. Uh, I'm sorry. But, um, yeah. I'm glad she's feeling better and doing better $1,000 later, but... um, Well, it wasn't quite that much, but pretty close. Now you can't buy that Monty Python book because... uh, (laughs) (laughs) That's true. (laughs) You spent all your money on that damn cat. Yeah, pretty much. And uh, I was going to be... Well, I was going to (laughs) say, if she's not better... I was going to say, if she's not better by Friday of this week, I think it's time to pull the plug and not let a you know a dumb animal suffer anymore but yeah yeah yeah. so So, yeah you don't want her to suffer but right so that's a lot of money for a fucking cat man i know there are lots of kittens who would just be glad to have a tin of food well that's true too so maybe I, i need to offset that somehow by you know donating to hungry children or i don't know yeah like you said just money for you know uh, for shelter to uh, feed kittens or something uh yeah, yeah. it's crazy i've already i, I think i've spent I, enough to I, last of <laughs> the rest of my life at this point yeah i mean it's just one of those things that that's you know people always think i hate animals and i really don't but i they they they're the same as as having responsibility for one mm-hmm. is the same as having responsibility for any living thing yeah so i understand why you do why you did what you did and why you would do what you would do i mean that's that's mm-hmm. that's kind of your responsibility as the cat's human I don't like to say owner, but as the cat's human provider, you know, that's kind of what you what you bought when you got the cat. You're mm-hmm. you're in for a penny in for a pound. Right. Um, so I understand why you did what you did. It, it, it when you know, anyone in the world other than an American. Well, not just an American, but a lot of people in the world would look at that and just think that's absurd um, <laughs> to spend six hundred dollars on a cat. But. Right. Yeah. And I get the point because I know there are people in countries and in foreign countries and even here in the United States that are starving. And so, yeah, it it makes it difficult to yeah spend that much on an animal when you know there are people suffering out there. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. And, you know, but you did what you had to do. Hopefully the cat will yeah be around for a while and mm-hmm. and you know i know you love the cat i know right. it has sentimental value for you sure so well it's like i'll keep my fingers crossed for daisy <laughs> okay thanks 
And Daisy thanks you too. She'll uh Ah, oh, well cool. She'll <laughs> she'll push out a few turds for you. Ah, oh, how sweet of her. <laughs> Yeah, she's good. She's, well, at least she's eating, right? At least she's eating. Right. She's uh yeah. <laughs> she's good about leaving presents like that. So yeah. and I'm so how lucky wonder- I, how I, wonderful for you. Yeah, I, I I'm so lucky I get to uh clean the litter boxes. Ah, uh, well now it's your responsibility because Sierra's cat's dead, so yeah. why should she clean up after your cat? Well, yeah, good point. <laughs> Oh, wait a minute now. Uh, I, I used to scoop her cat's litter box, too. Yeah, well, okay. They were kind of ours. separate litter boxes? We were kind of the cat Brady bunch. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the story of a crazy lady. <laughs> it was really a guy named Mark Browner and had a cat. And he spent $600 on for insulin. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you know um, Sierra actually had a cat before we uh moved in together that uh i think his name was grayson who yeah had some serious health issues and she yeah she definitely dropped a couple of thousand dollars on him and he ended up dying anyway it was kind of a sad situation yeah yeah i mean i get it but i don't get it you Mm -hmm. know again another reason i'm glad i don't have pets because i you, you know I don't know. I don't want to make that decision. I don't want to. I don't want to make it either way. I don't want to not pay it and the cat die, and I don't want to pay it and the. Cat, I don't. I don't want to pay it regardless of what happens to the cat. Yeah. You know, it's a it's a lose lose in my book. You either don't pay it and it dies, or you pay it and you paid it whether it lives or dies. You fucking paid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I think once. So anyway. Yeah. Once you take on the responsibility of uh, you know pet ownership, then yeah, you're you're kind of in it for the long haul because you've you've made that commitment and yeah you can't just take that lightly after after you do that and unfortunately a lot of people do that and they you know they dump their pets because they don't they're not cute anymore they don't want them anymore and they just dump them on the side of the road and that kind of sucks yeah i hate that i hate that worse than yeah i i i always say i don't hate animals i hate people who have animals okay you know i don't hate you of course but i mean you know i hate people who have animals and don't care for them properly and and uh i i definitely i get frustrated with people who have animals and also have kids and they can't even provide their kids so why the fuck do you have pets yes that just frustrates me beyond all comprehension. I don't get it. Yeah. I mean, I understand kids like pets and if you can't feed your kid, at least it could have a dog, but (laughs) I just don't don't get it. If I was that kid, I would eat that dog. Yeah. That's what I was about to say. You took the words right out of my mouth. Yes. You can always eat the dog. Uh, Yeah, of course. It's a little, Hey, well, let's move on. Can we move on? Yes. Let's move on. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to edit all that out. I had a couple of things. (laughs) <laughs> okay, good. Thank you. I appreciate it. Okay, you're welcome. <laughs> then maybe we can have a show that isn't three hours about a cat. Yeah, um, <laughs> I know, I know. Wow. All right. I'm a terrible person. Um, uh, a hey. Bit. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey. Hey, if you want to know who a real cunt is, I'll uh, tell you who a real cunt is. Bob who? Geldof. Bob- Sir Bob Geldof. Oh, okay. Tell me about uh, Sir Bob Geldof. When did he become a sir? He 
Uh, he was knighted by Queen Elizabeth, oh, a few years ago okay. for his work on, uh, you know, feeding African children, the whole, uh, oh. you, uh, the whole, um, okay. what do they call that, Band-Aid that had another name, Live-Aid. Mm-hmm. What was that? In, anyway, um, so, you know the song. We love the song. I know you love it as much as I do. I don't like Mondays. Yes. I love that song, yes. By the Boomtown Rats. Right, yeah, yeah. Bob Geldof and the Boomtown so Rats. So that song was written by, and the Boomtown Rats had a piano player whose name is Johnny Fingers, although that's his stage name, and he mm. always wore pajamas on stage. Oh, So apparently okay. he's claiming now that um, uh, get, that he helped Bob Geldof write that song, but he doesn't get any royalties for it, and mm. so he's suing Geldof for some royalties. After I all this Bob time? I say Bob Geldof is a cunt. I don't know who's... <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I mean, it seems kind of late in the game, doesn't it? Yeah. And I'm sure Johnny Fingers needs money a lot more than Bob Geldof does. I guess, you know, who knows? Maybe Geldof has give, even given him some money a couple times and he just keeps coming back for more. Because apparently they're going to court and in order to put up the money that – I believe they're going to court in Ireland because they're Irish. Mm, um, mm-hmm. In order to put up the money to go to court, Johnny Fingers has basically had to put his house on the line. Where oh. he lives with his wife and a son or daughter who has some disability, of course. Um, uh. I, I just thought it was interesting that uh, after all, it's like, uh, Geldof, just give him some fucking money. You've got plenty. Yeah. Of course, I mean, how many times has uh, Johnny Fingers come to the trough, though? That that part we don't know. Yeah. We don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, But I mean, uh, and I think Geldof wrote the song... I can't remember if there's another writer that was involved in it. I feel like there was. And um, so Geldof, you know, uh, didn't give Johnny Fingers any credit when they wrote the song. Uh-huh. Uh, and it was released, apparently. But, I mean, the, the piano part in it is beautiful. And I'm sure that's Johnny Fingers playing on the song. So we ought to get some. Yeah, um, at least for uh, music. I'm Googling uh, I Don't Like Mondays to see who. Who wrote it? Who has the writing credit on it. Yeah. I, um, Geldof, I used to love Geldof. I thought he was a really, I mean, his lyrics are amazing. The Boomtown Rats, in my opinion, are a really great new wave band. Um, his lyrics and his vocals are fucking amazing. But he's, and you know, and he got screwed over. I don't know if you know this story. I didn't know about it until I started watching some YouTube videos. He was married to a woman. Mm-hmm. And this woman and and this woman left him for Michael Hutchins of NXS. Oh. And then she died of a drug overdose, I believe. And, and not long after, Michael Hutchins died of a, you know, of what he died of. Mm-hmm. And um, Bob Geldof is raising their child. Oh, really? Which is, huh. yeah, not his kid, but it's like his ex-wife's kid. Um, and, you know, he didn't have to do that, but he did. Um Anyway, you know, there's well, he's not. a, But he also he's been he's politically he said some assholey things and mm. he's hit and miss with me. But but um, when I saw this story, I was like, Geldof, just cut him a check for fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that might be the thing to do. And maybe that's the whole ploy. I mean, that's why he's threatening a, a lawsuit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just, just so they will settle out of court and uh, be done with it, and he'll get his chunk of change. And and uh, well, that's too bad. I mean, that people who work together for many years are basically enemies at this point over money. Right. 
Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, you're, you you kind of have to think if if Fingers really had something to do with writing the song and he didn't speak up at the time, well, mm-hmm. you screwed yourself, buddy. Yeah, um, I mean, it just seems so, but, you know, so long after the fact. I mean, geez, it's practically yeah, yeah. 40 years ago almost that that, that song yeah, was almost. released. Yeah, yeah. I think it came out in 82 or 83, so, yeah. Oh, I'm seeing it's, yeah, 79. years. Yeah, it was released. Oh, 79. Oh, that's right. 79. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I still remember reading about the Boomtown Rats and getting their first album. Mm. Uh, well, their first album that came out in the U.S., A Tonic for the Troops, yeah. which uh, had Rat Trap and Joey's on the Street Again, and oh, I just loved that record. I thought they were the coolest they, you know, that was like, that's another band that like was a big new wave band for me. Boomtown Rats were big for me. Yeah. Mm. Especially the first two albums. Yeah. Um, were well, Tonic for the Troops and Fine Artist Surfacing. Well, that's actually pre-new wave then, I guess. 79? Well, no, I guess you're right. That's true. Well, but, yeah. I mean. Well, that's, yeah. That's that, right around the time of Blondie and Devo and New, and. Uh, yeah. Uh, talking heads and that's true. They they were that, the so. they were part of the first wave of new wave. Yeah, and then, absolutely. Yeah, and I mean they grew. They kind of came out of punk. I mean the you know uh, they were almost like. And I know there are people who don't like the Boomtown Rats, but mm-hmm. they because they were kind of almost commercialized punk. They yeah. certainly wanted to be stars. They weren't like right. The Pistols and the Ramones, who kind of didn't care. Yeah. Um, they they were hungry for stardom. True. Um, and they were they were somewhat poppy at times, but yeah, I don't like to say that they're com- they were commercial. They were just more of a transitional form from punk to new wave. Interesting. Yeah, though. I, I think they're one of those bands that, like most people in the U.S., if the average person may know I don't like Mondays. Uh, you know, not everyone would, but a lot of people would. But yeah. they wouldn't know any other song by them. And they have, uh, and everywhere else in the world, you know, Europe mm-hmm. and, and uh, places where they're huge stars. But uh, in the U.S., they really never caught on until um, until Geldof got to be known for uh, Do They Know It's Christmas? And then some people kind of wanted to know who he was and that kind of thing. But I was in well, on plus, the first album in the U.S. Yeah, I think you were an early adopter. Of course, he's also well known for being the uh, main character in Pink Floyd's The Wall. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forget about that. That seems mm-hmm. so long ago. But yeah. I know. Uh, yeah, that's that's because, how a lot of people heard of him the first time, too. Absolutely. Yeah, but uh, I I remember hearing uh, I Don't Like Mondays on the radio, probably on KLBJ, more than likely, Yeah, on the radio. In Houston, it really didn't get played at all. Um, It was one of those uh, songs that I don't know if I ever heard it on the radio in Houston in the the days that it came out. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't think KLOL played it. I don't think KRBE played it. I just think it was one of those songs that didn't didn't get played. Um, uh, you know, there's a lot of new wave songs 
books too, and even some that I like that I didn't hear until I bought a, a compilation CD somewhere that just happened to have that song on it. I think that was for a lot of people. I don't like Mondays is one of those songs that pops up on uh, new wave compilation CDs, and you're like, oh, you know, <laughs> um, and that's how someone first heard that song. There's there's hmm. there's ten or eleven songs for me, like, and probably more than that. There's probably thirty or forty songs for me that are like that where other people may have heard of them in the day, but I didn't really hear about them or hear them until uh, they popped up on a compilation CD I bought somewhere or something. Mm, okay. I get. I had a depressing week because I tried to get tickets to see Harry Styles. He's coming in uh, during ACL Fest, and he's going to play the Moody Theater. Yeah. And so me and a friend of mine who is a big Harry Styles fan tried to get online and buy tickets this week. They went on sale yeah. 10 o'clock in the morning on Wednesday, I think it was, or Tuesday or whatever. Anyway, they sold out in like four minutes. I was furious. Really? Oh, Fucking crap. Harry Styles. Four minutes. <laughs> That yeah. had that yeah, had to been sold out super. that had to have been scalper sites that were buying up just bulk amounts of tickets. Well, you know, I had to go online. I had to. They sent me an e. How did that work? I don't even remember where. Oh, I saw something on Facebook that said if you want to be pre-registered for the Harry Styles show tickets, mm-hmm. you've got to go on this website and pre-register. So, oh. and then they said if you pre-register. You'll be sent the code. Mm-hmm. No, that I think they even said if you pre-register, you may be sent the code. And if you're sent the code, it doesn't mean that you'll get tickets. It just means that you'll have the code, Jeez. and uh, and you'll have to try and get tickets. And so, uh, dude, I I pressed the button. I was sitting. I was at work. Don't tell anyone. Okay. And I was uh, <laughs> hitting the button to 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 check to see if there were tickets. And my clock, you know, turned ten, and it would tell you no, not available yet. My clock turned 10 o'clock. I hit that button. I got in. I, I couldn't have been more than two or three seconds after that where you're on this web page that says, you were in line to buy tickets. And I was hmm. in line to buy tickets for eight minutes. But by the time I got to where you buy tickets, they were sold out. Wow. Um, which the AC, you know, Moody Moody Theater is not, um, it's not that big. Well, I true. Mean, I mean, granted. I guess he wanted to do small shows, but. Yeah, it's it's not an arena. Uh, by any sense of the word so yeah there are limited seats it's also not a tiny space so i'm sure you're disappointed and uh, that's understandable yeah i mean you know it would be nice to see him in a small theater like that that would be fucking amazing and i suppose i could probably go online and find tickets for a thousand dollars but yeah i I like him but i don't i don't like him a thousand dollars um (laughs) right uh you know and i'm I'm getting the cd so i'll have the cd and i'm happy about that i will love the cd i already like the songs i've heard off the cd Mm -hmm. and then he's got a movie coming out um he's in this movie called dunkirk that's directed i want to say it's directed by christopher nolan but Part of me thinks that's wrong, but I still it's a I think that's who it is. The guy who directed like the Batman movies and mm-hmm. and um, Memento. And it looks really like an amazing movie too, Dunkirk. Dunkirk. Um, it's a which was a battle during World War Two, I believe. Right. Battle of Dunkirk. Yeah, I've, and I've so, heard of it. It's um, just I know very little about the actual Battle of Dunkirk, though. Right. I mean, it's a very I think it's a very I, I, I think it's the British and the mm-hmm. Germans. Yes. It may be, and it may be similar to, they certainly make it seem like it's similar to, um, you know, 
what is it where Spielberg has him storming the beaches of Normandy? Is that Saving Private Ryan? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. So uh, it looks like it might, you know, it's trying to be similar. Um, okay. Um, so it, it may be one of those movies where the British will be more familiar and more gung-ho about seeing it, but um, right. it looks, the previews I've seen look really great and it will be really interesting to see Harry Styles in a role in a movie like that, um, which I think that he's people who've seen it have said he's really good. And I in it hmm. and I think he will be. So okay. I will satiate myself with the, the CD in the movie and I'll go, get through life somehow. OK, <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you one of the things that's getting me through life right now is uh-huh. um, this past weekend uh, I watched Saturday Night Live. Yeah, and um, Chris Pine hosted, and the musical guest was LCD Sound System, and I was like, I thought LCD Sound System had stopped making records, and uh, so I got online and started looking, and they've just released a single. Have mm-hmm. you ever listened to any LCD Sound System? No, music? I, I don't think I've ever, ever even heard of them. Uh, Sad I to heard say. Of them. I heard of, I had heard of them and I heard some of their stuff a couple years ago. Actually, I think it was within the last year. I was driving home listening to KUTX and they played a song by them and I didn't know who it was. I was listening to the song and I'm like, this freaking song is great. Who is this? Mm-hmm. And at the end, they came on and told that it was LCD Sound System. And, and the song is called something like Daft Punk is playing at my house or something like that. Huh. Um, All right. But uh, so they downloaded some of their music and I really th- what I heard, I really liked. And then they they were on Saturday Night Live this past weekend doing two new songs that they've released as a single. And the performance was freaking amazing. And I was like, all right, I'm going online and buying the damn uh, single. And so I did. And. Um, it's really good. I really, it's just like, if they're one of those bands that I was like, man, if I was 30 again, I would just make my whole life about seeing LCD sounds. <laughs> <laughs> I would just make my whole life about LCD sound system. Damn. Okay. Well, that's, uh, I, that's praise yeah. indeed then. Jeez. Okay. Uh, now I, you make yeah, me really want like to them. seek them out. Okay. What? I'll post, you know, when I, you know how I do when yes. I listen back to this episode, when you post it, I will post the the video on the our breakdown. website. Yeah. So. Okay, cool. Yeah. Right. Um, hey, do you want to do the Twin Peaks thing? Let's hear it. So there was a story going around online this week about how Lynch says that he's going to quit making movies and just make and make uh, TV shows, basically, or 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 product for TV. Wow. Um, which I can see. Um, I mean, he hasn't made a movie in a, in like ten years. I think Inland Empire came out in like two thousand and six. So he hasn't yeah, even really right. made a movie. Yeah. Yeah, and I can see. I mean, I think all of us would be just fine with if if he just kept making Twin Peaks uh, for sure. Some time. And hey. especially if it's you know, I wish he would have never if, stopped. Uh, uh, you know, who making knows? Twin Peaks, right? That he would have been making right, it for the past yeah. twenty five years. Yeah, well, that was really funny because you know uh, that you say that because today online I saw somebody had written an article about the old series and mm-hmm. they talked about how definitely you should watch the first season. Those episodes are amazing. But in the second yeah. season, after Laura Palmer's killer is revealed, mm-hmm. they were like, there's some episodes that you really kind of can skip over. 
And yeah. and they and then they had like a list of like eight things and they were like, these are actual plot things that happened hmm. in the second season of Twin Peaks. And like one of them was um, uh, things I had forgotten about. Uh, one of them was like Nadine goes back to high school. I kind of right. remembered that, but I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, I remember and then they that. were talking about how Catherine Martell, who was paid by. Piper Laurie mm-hmm. fakes her own death and comes back as a Japanese businessman. Oh yeah, I'd yeah. Totally forgotten forgotten that. Oh really? They talked okay. about how Joseph. Yeah, I totally. I, you know, I I need to watch season. I need to watch the old series over again. I'm going to try and do it here this week. But and Josie um, they were Packer talking about how Joe. Tur- Turns into a doorknob. Turns into a, a doorknob or a dresser doorknob or something. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. oh my God. I was like, what the fuck was that? I totally forgot about that. Inexplicably. Um, I mean, I still don't understand yeah. what the fuck that means. What that was about. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, um, so anyway, uh, the, you know, it'll be interesting to, you know, I can't, I just can't wait to see the new series to see if he glosses over some of those things that happened and just doesn't mm-hmm. doesn't address them at all or whether he tries to incorporate that into the continuation uh you know where is it you know because lynch notoriously will not tell you anything about his stuff yeah um so mm-hmm. we we really don't know where where does it take does all of it take place 25 years from when it ended and how is he going to do that and yeah just going to be fascinating to see what he does but i am cool right. if he quits making movies too yeah i mean uh you know from the the television shows that he's done over the years what was the one he did that was kind of a behind the scenes of a 1950s tv show do you remember that series that he did mm-hmm. Yeah, it was called On the Air, on and the it was air. completely awful. <laughs> yeah. Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay. I actually, yeah, I actually have. I think there are only about eight episodes, and I think you can actually buy the series on DVD, although it may be out of print. Mm-hmm. I had about two, two or three episodes on VCR that I dubbed over to DVD a few years ago. Okay. Um, they're not, and I shouldn't say they're horrible, but they're not great. Okay. Um, they're okay at best. Yeah. Well, I still remember seeing at least a couple of those episodes and there's nothing that necessarily stands out. I mean, it definitely had the 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 Lynch touch to it and and maybe I'm just romanticizing it because I was just enthralled with Lynch and just about anything that he put out I was clamoring to to watch at the time and Right. Maybe I'm I was a little nicer yeah, I, to it I, than I should have been. And I think I was the opposite. I think if it, you know, I was very harsh on stuff because mm. if it wasn't Twin Peaks, I wasn't happy with it. Um, well, uh, yeah. Although there were a couple things I liked. He did, um, he was involved real basically with a documentary series that ran on Fox called American something um, that was hmm. really more of a Mark Frost thing, but they were interesting hour long documentaries. And I think there was only about three or four of them that aired. Um, one of them was all about cars. Um, huh. It was just kind of an interesting um, show. All right. Hmm. And then I don't think he, I've ever he heard did of that. that American God Damn it. What was it called? American something. That's funny. I, I used to know all this stuff off the top of my head when mm. it came to Lynch. Okay. Um, you've seen Hotel Room, right? The, Hotel Room? It was room? kind of a made for 
Yeah, it was May. It was like a, it was like three episodes, three segments, mm-hmm. all set in the same hotel room. I don't know if it was a pilot for. I think I've read online that at one point they thought it might be a pilot for a TV show, but it it uh. ended up running on either Showtime or HBO um, back in the day. Um, but it was three different things that happened in the same hotel room in different years with different actors. And a couple of the story, the first and last story were really great. The middle story, I don't even remember what it was about now, and it was only kind of so-so. But the, but the, there's a story at the end. It's Alicia Witt, and I want to say Crispin Glover. Um, and they're a young married couple, and she's kind of crazy, and but in a, in kind of a not in a not in a violent or or quirky way she's kind of like you know suffering from melancholia and and kind of nuts and okay. and imagining things or something i i can't hmm. even remember it's just a really it's one of those shows i would love to see again i think you can you it may not even be on dvd or it may be only on dvd in other countries or something yeah i've never heard of that it was called hotel room yeah Interesting. I'm pretty sure that's what it's called, hotel or hotel room. All right. Yeah. Um, anyway, I'm I'm excited for the new Lynch stuff. Yeah, I can't wait. Can't wait. You know what I'm thinking is going to happen with the new series of Twin Peaks is that Cooper is still invaded by the spirit of Bob, and uh, he's not going to be a lot like his previous character, at least not initially. And it won't be. Maybe right. later on he will be exorcised for lack of a better term so i don't know because every damn trailer for the new series is so vague and cryptic and not telling you anything <laughs> and, and i don't watch frust- them i don't want to know anything yeah like you said you know uh, lynch is holding his cards close to his vest and we are not going to know shit about this thing until it's actually released, and that's May twenty first, yeah. right? So, yeah, May twenty first, um, Sunday night, two yeah. two Sundays, or yeah. So, um, n- no matter what happens, I'll be DVRing it. So, if you don't find a method or seeing it while you're in Houston, well, you know, you can always come back to Austin and come over, come over to Round Rock, and we will watch it together. Might have to do that, so I'll let you know what I find out. So you have options, my friend. That's all I'm telling you. Fantastic. TV Heaven? Ready for TV Heaven? TV Heaven! Before we talk about a, a couple shows that we want to talk about, uh-huh. did you see that 13 Reasons Why has been renewed for season for a second season? Well, you how know. many times can that slut kill herself? <laughs> <laughs> well, I I knew I knew that it had to be the case if they were lucky, because the first season only goes up to tape number seven, so Oh really? Yeah, and each episode is half of a tape. Right. So and there's thirteen tapes or something, right? Right. There's thirteen episodes in season one and each of them is half a tape. And so then season two will be tape eight through the end. 
side hmm. A, side A, side B, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Interesting. Yeah. So, have you watched any more of those? Are you interested no, in watching any on, more of those? I am, but it's on Netflix, and I don't have Netflix, so I'll have to wait till oh, I. Okay. I, pro- I might see if I can watch some with my nephew when I visit him in a couple weeks or all right i may just break break down and buy netflix there's so many other things i want to see though and i'm i'm mm-hmm. just only half-heartedly interested in the only reason i really want to see more is because greg Araki directed an episode or two uh, and so yeah I, yeah I may i may never get to it so yeah no i understand i mean i'm 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 watching it but i have by no means have i made it all the way through season one i'm probably about halfway through and uh i mean it's interesting and it you know touches upon issues that are interesting and seen from interesting perspectives but i just don't have a a burning passion to you know uh, uh, you know binge watch them right you know right i mean i'm sure i will eventually watch all of them because because they are worth watching but i'm just it's not going to be like an obsession like the new season of Twin Peaks. Right, right. Yeah, I feel so. the same way about Red Oaks. You know, we were talking about Red Oaks a couple episodes ago. Yeah. Where I, it's two seasons. Uh, there's a third season that's going to get released later this year, I think in June. And mm-hmm. I watched the first season and loved it, but I don't. It's I, I don't have this overwhelming burning desire to to start on season two. I think you know. When you do shows like this and you're binge watching, mm-hmm. it's not just like a movie where you say, well, I've got two hours. I'll watch this movie. You know, it's it's 10 episodes that are 25 minutes each. That's, you know, five, six hours. Mm-hmm. And exactly. You, you have this kind of you have this kind of feeling that you need to do it all at once. Yeah. And, you know, I, I keep telling myself I should just watch an episode of Red Oaks every every night. It's only 20 minutes. If I watched one every night, I could watch the second season in a couple of weeks. But I just, you know, hard to set aside that time. Yeah. Well, that's, that's at least not as much of a time outlay as trying to watch 13 Reasons Why, which, you know, each episode is an hour long. So, yeah, it's even more of a... Wow. Yeah. Are they really that long? I think Jesus. so. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hmm. if, if they aren't that long, they at least feel that long. No, they, they're they actually an hour long ah. each episode. <laughs> wow. Yeah, Red Oaks is only a half hour, so... And okay. less than a half hour, so... All right. Well, that's, um, that's a lot easier so, to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Fargo? Yes, Fargo. What a unique episode that was it was a mixed media episode they had cartoons media yeah mixed media they had yeah yeah cartoons thrown in throughout the episode of the uh the lonely robot but all he could say was i can help right yeah Mm -hmm. i thought it was i I, it was an odd episode because we know Mm -hmm. after you know after five, I mean, the beginning is kind of interesting when you see Thaddeus Mobley as a as a young, young writer man. going mm-hmm. to Hollywood, yeah, right. getting a getting a novel. Um, but then you see that Gloria is there in Hollywood in the present, um, mm-hmm. researching or or investigating what e- happened to him. Yeah, and we know that's a dead end. We know that has nothing to do with why um, her stepfather. I can't remember what his name as right. the stepfather is uh uh w- w- we know that has nothing to do with why he died so i'm about 10 15 minutes in and i'm like this is a complete there there's this doesn't propel the story forward really yeah. in any way although 
we don't know where the story is going, but right, you know, it was uh, and so you just have yeah, it was like a fish out of water episode because she's you know she's not in her natural habitat as it were. She's in um, right. Los Angeles, and it really her being there has yeah very little to do with investigating her stepfather's death. But I think it has more to do with her just wanting to know more about her stepfather because she you know she knew very little about him, and I think right. it was the, the the thinnest of premises that she was. It was actually part of the investigation because, well, first off, she was taking time off from her job because the new chief of police told her to take some time off. So apparently she decided to go to Los Angeles. Seems a little bit contrived. Right. The episode seems a bit contrived, but I think it was interesting seeing the the backstory of Thaddeus Mobley and how he got you know, completely ripped off by this uh, Howard Zimmerman character who was played by character actor uh, Fred Melamed. You've seen him before. He's a very recognizable character actor, though he... As a, as a, uh, as Zimmerman, the younger Zimmerman? Yeah, the younger Zimmerman. I don't know. Maybe he played both. Maybe they had him in makeup as the old man. No, there, there, but, was, there, um, was, a, there was a different old man. I looked at the credits, and it was some older man who had almost no information about him on IMDb. Uh, yeah, I just, you know, I kind of was watching that episode going, well, this is this is completely unrelated to the to the mystery or the mm -hmm. the the not even the mystery. This is completely unrelated to the plot. Yeah, this is a complete side trip that we as the viewer know will yield nothing mm -hmm. um, because we already know what she's trying to find out who killed her her stepfather. Right. Um, and but. And then, and then that futility of us just sitting there going, we know this is going nowhere, was completely exemplified by the box she found that you would flip a switch and a hand would come out and flip it back. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yep, that's kind of pretty a, much the whole theme of this episode. <laughs> an, an exercise in futility? Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I guess and, that's true. You know, but – but at the same time, I mean, yes, things happened. It definitely expanded the character of Gloria. Mm -hmm. And, you, you know, you found out more of what kind of a person she is yeah. um, because of it. But but I was I, I wasn't disappointed in it because I, you know, I like her character. I liked the story. I liked what they did, even though it had no relationship to the plot at hand mm -hmm. at least in a way that we can see you know again something may come up that totally makes it important we don't know where they're going um, yeah but i still liked it as an episode i just it wasn't very not thrilling but you know it wasn't very it was easy to just kind of watch it and let it wash over you without mm -hmm. having to think too much because you knew it wasn't going anywhere and then of course at the very end uh, she finds out about Maurice LeFay uh, at, at the at the the minute she gets home. So right, finally, yeah, something that actually has something to do with the the real storyline. So that yeah, that, that that's a good point. Yeah. Oh, there's oh, I forgot to mention there is a Twin Peaks connection to this particular episode, hmm. and that Twin Peaks connection is the uh, the actress Francesca Eastwood who played the young Vivian Lord. The, the cohort of Howard Zimmerman, who was ripping mm -hmm. off uh, the poor young Thaddeus Mobley. 
She is going to be in episode one of the new season of Twin Peaks. I just happened oh, wow. to run across that. So there is a Twin Peaks connection there. Oh, cool. Cool. Interesting. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. She was a good actress, too. Yeah. Um, so I it will be her. interesting to see. Yeah. I like the guy who played Thaddeus Mobley as a young man, too. Mm-hmm. He looked vaguely familiar. I didn't look to see who he was, but he he looked slightly familiar and he just played that character really well. I was like, oh, yeah, this is this is a guy who's too who's uh, so naive. You you totally believe he's going to get uh, hornswoggled. For right. Sure. But then at once he finds out that he's been hornswoggled and ripped off, and then he practically beats uh, Howard Zimmerman to death. Of course, we know that he, right. he hasn't actually beat him to death. He just put him into a nursing home. Well, right, yeah, yeah. We don't know. No, how, no, but I mean, a lot of that, but, a lot of time yeah. has elapsed between when he he took his beating and when he was in the nursing home with his stoma and his voice box, uh, a mechanical voice <laughs> box to help him talk. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That was kind of a cool scene when she was talking to the when uh, Gloria was talking to the older Howard Zimmerman and the cryptic shit that he was saying to her through his uh, electronic voice. And he was talking about I just remember he said there's a failure, but I don't remember what else he was talking about. Yeah, he had this weird cryptic thing. It was like science has this thing. It's been proven. They call it quantum something it talks about how we're all just particles we're floating out there we're moving through space nobody knows where we are and then once in a while bang we collide and suddenly for a minute we're real and then we float off again as if we don't exist i used to think it meant something these collisions the people that write all that down yeah i just and then he says don't let the door hit you on the way out it almost it almost kind of felt Lynchian to me in a way that that whole little cryptic speech that uh, he, he gives to her. I guess by uh, that point I realized that I, I, in my mind it didn't mean anything because they were. I knew it had nothing to do with the real story at hand. Well, again, I keep uh-huh. saying that, but now that I think about it, I'm like, who knows how this could circle back and be important later? It could yeah. be complete red herring and mean nothing, or it could, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like the goddamn thing at the very first scene of the series of this season where they're in Germany. It's like, you know, that's going to come be relevant at some point in this story. Yeah. Um, it better. I'll be pretty pissed it's off. It's just how and when you don't know. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, but so yeah, but I guess anyway, the old yeah. Howard Zimmerman talking about you know people colliding with each other, I mean that kind of ties into the whole theme of of this season. You know how you know the, the Maurice just by pure happenstance ends up killing uh, Ennis Stussy. Oh, and oh well, yeah, and we found Ennis, out yeah yeah, and we find out how Ennis got his name. From from a toilet. Ennis Dusty got his name from a toilet. Oh, after he got ripped off and he's throwing up so in the toilet. That's funny. Mm-hmm. I didn't snap to that was being the reason. I thought that meant that the Stussies were... I, I just... I, I thought that meant that that his relatives or something Mm-mm. were... I don't even know what I thought it meant. Yeah. I thought it was a clue that was going to yield something in the future. I didn't snap. No, that's just where he's he how he invented his name. Right, because the name that's funny. Yeah, the name actually printed on the toilet is Dennis Stussy and Sons, 
but the the D is kind of like uh, smeared or you know didn't print very well onto the toilet, and that's and that's why it you know all you see is see now you mostly see the E N N I S N S Stussy right. I didn't snap to that at all, and now that you say that, well, there's the whole reason for her trip. We now know that's his name, and that's where it came from, and and he is Maurice Lafay. I mean, he is um, Thaddeus, Thaddeus Mobley, right? For sure. Yep. We believe, yeah, we knew that. We kind of knew that, but that really solidifies it. So mm-hmm. that's interesting. So the trip, this trip, did yield something that, at yeah. least for the viewer. Kind right. of fills in some blanks. Yeah, so. we have that's the... interesting. Wow, I'm glad you mentioned that. Okay, didn't yeah. didn't snap at all. Right. Okay. Well, now um, you know. Um, <laughs> now I know. Oh, one more thing hey, on that. One Riverdale. More, one more thing on that. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. The 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 woman who played uh, the older Vivian Lord, you know who the mm-hmm. who works in the diner, Lucille Langston. She mm-hmm. she was on that shitty uh, TV show called Resurrection. Which was one of the many, uh, which was one of the many shows based upon that book by uh, Jason Mott. I guess it was called The Returned because there was a French version called Les Revenants or something like that, and 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 I think there's another show called that is actually called The Returned. And then there was the the show that I was that I mentioned with Lucille Langston. Yeah, it was called Resurrection and had the the guy who played the father from that 70s show, whatever his name is. Kurtwood Smith. Yeah, Kurtwood Smith. That was, God, yeah, that was, that was sh- on ABC. That was a horrible, horrible adaptation of uh, The Returned. So anyway, that's all I got. <laughs> oh, really? I liked it, but I had to stop watching it because it was on Saturday, uh, Sunday nights when Walking Dead and other stuff was on, and so I, mm-hmm. I just couldn't watch it. Sierra, um, But yeah. I, I thought it was kind of interesting. Sierra and I liked it the first two or three episodes and then it just uh it just it tanked it just started sucking characters were doing things that made no sense whatsoever i think the writing went to shit right around episode four or five but anyway Hmm, interesting but i digress Yeah, <laughs> Riverdale. I mean, I probably saw four or five episodes of it, and then I had to stop watching it because other other shows were on at the right. same time, and it just was impossible to watch it. Um, okay. So yeah, I must have just seen some of the better ones. Mm. Um, yeah. Okay, Riverdale. Okay, Riverdale, man. Wow. Uh, we know. I must say, I was disappointed. <laughs> yeah, I mean. The one good thing that came out of we know who killed Jason Blossom. Right. And well, I I was um mm-hmm. I just thought it you know I was just like it kept going through the motions, propelling the story. I was mm-hmm. like, okay, you know, it, it's here's another typical episode that's just kind of the soap opera propelling the story. Right. <clears throat> it's not unique or neat or anything. And then they all watched the video together and we watched their reaction. And that kind of was that kind of was a cool turning point moment there. Mm -hmm. I thought that was done really well when we see um, Betty and Veronica and Jughead and Archie all sitting there watching a computer screen where we don't see what's happening. Yeah. And we just see their reaction. That was that you that was really a, a moment where you got in, enthralled and wanted to know what was going on so yeah i mean their their shock definitely translated to us as viewers just watching them we're like whoa holy crap 
what the hell yeah, did they just yeah, what see? What did they see? Yeah, yeah. I thought that was done really well. Um, and, and that got me back into the plot and mm-hmm. into the story yeah. uh, in a way that, that sh- the series hasn't for a couple of episodes now. So For a minute there, I thought that was the last episode of the season and that was going to be a cliffhanger. And then they came back from commercial and it kept going. But for a minute there, I was like, holy shit, they're not le- leaving us hanging like this, are they? And they didn't. So Right. Um, no, nope. and there's actually one more episode of the season. Oh, I know. That's what I saw. There's yeah, there's a thirteenth episode. And um yeah, and it's like ooh, Yeah. What is this episode gonna be? Is it gonna be just denouement or where do you go from there? I mean that in my right. opinion, that would have been you know, that should have been the season close right there. Well, what do I know? Well, I, yeah, I mean, but it well, I mean, if they did that, then everything would be tied up and then it might not be so important for people to feel oh, like they should watch season. Right. Two. So you got to kind of because there's certainly some. Yeah, you got to tease. The, yeah, you got to get yeah, people excited sweet. to see more. But the, this next but, episode is um, actually the first episode of next season in a way. Because it's setting up, you know, the whole new storylines to go down. Or at least, I mean, there's still things that have happened. I mean, we've got to figure out, um, you know, uh, I mean, obviously FP will get out. um, But then what's going to happen with him? You know, is he going to hang around or is he, you know, is he not going to? Mm. Uh, He's certainly involved in some shady dealings with drugs and stuff. So maybe he won't even get out of jail. Um, Right. And, you know, and then um, there's still uh, Cheryl and her her incest baby. And, <laughs> oh, and oh, you mean uh, that Polly? Syrup. You mean Polly and her incest baby? Polly. Polly yeah, 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 yeah. Polly and her incest baby. Yeah. <laughs> True. And, uh, so, but, I mean, you but, know, there are storylines still going on that can be explored. Yeah, but really, is that an incest baby? Come on. I mean, we're talking about third or fourth cousin. I mean, Bob married his first cousin. So, I mean, that's that's more of a scandal than... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Our friend Bob, yes. Yeah, I almost yes. said his last name. Yeah, I'm I, glad I didn't. I could get in trouble. Yeah, I was, gonna, I was thinking about... Of course, I thought about that, too, when all that was going on, because I... I forgot it was his first cousin. Yeah, that's yeah. And I, you know me, I'm all about if you're happy. I don't care. You know, do what you want to do as long as you're happy. I, I people right. get, people who get all worked up about that shit or just don't have enough to do apparently, and they need more to right. do. So, but I just thought it was funny that it was <laughs> you know that they kind of went there about incest, uh-huh. and I was like, wow, you know, network shows don't always do that. So. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, that that used to be a fairly taboo subject, but uh, Bates Motel kind of uh, braced it. And so Riverdale oh, yeah. is kind of <laughs> eking in on that as well, because there aren't right. a whole lot of taboos left in the world. Yeah. And that's <laughs> and that's barely a taboo, you know, considering the circumstances. Yeah, not, I mean, they're related to yeah. like a great grandfather. Big deal. Right. Yeah. <laughs> It's not like uh, Norman Bates fucking his mom. So exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. But, uh, what are you gonna do? Yeah. One more thing about Riverdale. I don't know if you feel this way about this issue as I do, but do you think that Molly Ringwald's talents were wasted in her part on this show? It's like, really, what did her character actually bring to the story? And did they really need Molly Ringwald to play the part? Well, no, I mean, that's stunt casting. I agree. Yeah. 
Completely, because um, I mean, the, the character really added very little, except maybe this past episode where she goes undercover pretending to be FP's lawyer, and she learns some information. But that's that's probably about the high point of uh, her, you know, being part of this episode or, or being part of this right. series. I mean, is she going to be coming back, or was she just there to yeah. do a, a three or four episode cameo? Right. Yeah. I guess I didn't think about it much because I. You know, I just was glad to see her. Maybe so, I'm, you know, yeah. sometimes stunt casting is just what it, it is, what it is. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, at least it was cool to see her for a while. True. And maybe she'll be back. Maybe she will. Maybe she'll be for some reason. She'll be a big part of 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 something coming up with FP or something. Who knows? Maybe. Of course, of course, this past episode, she was leaving back to go back to uh, Chicago. Right. So, yeah. So it seems to me she's going to be off the series for a while at least. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. But she well, may come back at a certain point. You never yeah. know. We'll see. Yeah. Hey, maybe this is a stepping stone t- for her to uh, have a series of her own coming up. That could be interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, another thing. One last thing. The uh, the guy who plays Reggie. On Riverdale, who I guess is going to be recast and somebody mm-hmm. else is going to be playing him next season. Um, he right. has been on a couple of episodes of 13 Reasons Why as another kind of minor character, but definitely him. Oh, yeah. That's what they were talking about when they were talking about him not being available to be into season two was that he was going to be working on 13 Reasons Why. And uh-huh. so the hmm. the schedules conflicted. Who knows if that's what really is true or if they wanted a different actor for whatever reason to play Reggie. Maybe yeah. they got a big Reggie storyline. Maybe. In the locked and locked and ready to expose or something. So they needed because uh, I can see, Re- you know, Archie needs a nemesis and he doesn't really have one since Betty and Veronica are getting along and, you know. They, okay. they need someone to be Archie's nemesis, and I think that that's what they're going to want Reggie for. So maybe they wanted to find someone with some kind of different chemistry or something. Okay, yeah, that 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 may or it could very be well be. Who knows? Well, right, exactly. Hmm. The only other show I wanted to talk about was Genius. Yes, absolutely. Did you watch the uh, first episode yet? I saw the first and the second one. Ah, cool. Yeah, yeah. So I, yeah. I think I'm caught up. Is there a new episode uh, airing th- this week sometime? Tonight even? Tuesdays. Tuesdays. Oh, tomorrow. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's on yeah. Tuesdays. Yeah, it's definitely um, on my, my list of things to uh, DVR. Yeah. You know, the second second episode was much more a straightforward chronological story. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't jump around in time like the, the pilot episode did or the, right. the first episode, and it didn't... It didn't have several things going on. It mm-hmm. it was pretty much the straightforward story of um, uh, Malavia Merrick, I think is her name. Yes, and and her relationship, her relationship with, with Einstein. Uh, yeah, yeah, and kind of where she came from and who she was about. In the pilot episode, she keeps calling Einstein, and Einstein, of course, is married to another woman at this point. Mm-hmm. But you can tell the wife acknowledges her as if she's a friend of the family, yeah. and that he should talk to her. And so, so they obviously were be, were lifelong friends. But it was funny because I was like, oh, this episode really doesn't. It isn't as flashy as the pilot was, but it was still mm-hmm. done well. 
the story's interesting, the acting's good, but it was much more of your standard biopic. Absolutely. Yeah, it was. Thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's not to say it wasn't interesting. It certainly was interesting because, you know, you know that uh, he was having a relationship with the daughter of, of a family that uh, he was staying with while he was going to uh, university. Um, All right, yeah. So, yeah. And then, of course, we know in his older life that he's married to this other woman. So you're like, wow, how does this, what was her name, Maleva? Right. Yeah, how does she fit into here? Yeah. And, yeah, why right. you know, Why in the, the first episode was Einstein so hesitant to answer her call? I mean, part of the story hasn't been told yet. So we'll, I guess we'll find right. that out later. I, I mm-hmm. love how... I loved how in the pilot episode when they introduce Einstein, he's fucking some woman, um, not his wife, exactly. and not any one of the other three women that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, like a, a young, a young, younger secretary or student or something right. um, that he's having an affair with. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. who ends up? Yeah. Who ends up living with I, the Einsteins? You know, yeah. And I think it's fairly um, uh, common knowledge that Einstein was a little bit of a philanderer. So I don't know that that's anything yeah. groundbreaking, but just interesting. Yeah, that seems to be kind of a, a thing that they do with new series nowadays. Is the first scene is uh, somebody fucking somebody. It's just to grab your attention <laughs> from, from the starting right. gate. I've seen that in so many right. series uh, as of late. But that's hilarious. Um, oh, I, there's something about the uh, the actor who plays young Einstein. I think his name is mm-hmm. jo- Johnny Flynn. Um, he was in a, a comedy series that was on Netflix uh, in like 2014. I think it only made they only made one season of it. A show called Scrotal Recall, which oh, God. Scr- <laughs> Scrotal Recall, which. <laughs> Then I think uh, later on was called Lovesick, and and uh, I I think I prefer the title Scrotal, Scrotal Recall better than Lovesick. That's such a boring name, right? But uh, it was really just yeah. a, it was like an all English cast, and it was about a guy who, well, the synopsis was after finding out he has an STD, Dylan must get back in touch with every girl he has ever had sex with to let them know the bad news. And it, it was a comedy, and it was it actually was pretty funny, even though the premise seems a little bit thin, but uh, interesting series anyway. But yeah, it was Sierra who pointed out to me, hey, that's the guy from Scrotal Recall. And I'm like, really? It was like, <laughs> but for his part as Einstein, he had dyed it. His, I think his hair is actually blonde, and he had dyed it black for doing the genius. So, but anyway, hmm, I, just, I just thought it was funny, and I... I was amazed that Sierra was even actually able to recognize him, of course. Right. Yeah, I think she she actually had seen the whole, all of the episodes of Scrotal Recall. And I I think I only saw maybe one or two, so it didn't really stick in my head very well. But uh, Right. Okay, back to... It's so funny when that happens. uh, What's that? Oh, when you're watching something and you're like, either you immediately know who that person is. What was I watching? Mm -hmm. Oh, I was watching. It was horrible. I hated it. There's a movie that came out last year called Birth of a Nation. It's about uh, Nat Turner, right? Um, the African American slave who uh, led a revolt, and um, uh-huh. in 
it's just a it's just a really boring movie. But there was a uh, there was wow. another African American guy playing one of his friends, you know, another slave that was his friend. Mm-hmm. And I'm watching the whole movie, and I'm like, who is this guy? I have seen him. I know, I know, I know him. You know, and and for some reason I just didn't go over to the computer and and look it up until I had watched almost the whole movie. And finally, towards the end, I was like, God damn it, I, who is that guy? Mm-hmm. And it was the guy. It was Coleman Coleman Domingo, the guy who plays on uh, Fear the Walking Dead. Um, oh, you know, he plays the main African American yeah. character. I can't remember his name on the show. Yeah. Um, but I was like, oh yeah. And then of course, the minute I saw that, I was like, duh. Um, but it's hmm. really funny sometimes that you see someone in a show and either you know right away who that person is and what you know him from, or uh-huh. or you'll never, or you've got to look it up because I watched the whole movie thinking it would come to me and it never did. Wow, that's funny how you know certain actors out of context you you just don't immediately snap to who they are. Interesting, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and he was playing a he was playing a kind of a different character from the one he plays on Fear the Walking Dead. Fear the Walking Dead, he's very much a, a motivated, action taking kind of guy. Yeah. And in this movie, he played uh, he was a little bit more somber and and mm. a, a little more laid back, and so. Um, Okay. It just didn't ding my mind right away. Well, I guess that's that's a compliment to him then, showing that he's doing the role so well that you didn't immediately snap to him being, you know, the same character right. he plays on The Walking Dead. So that means he has range. Right. So he has some range. Yes. Yeah. yeah definitely. So. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. We probably should do a um, a bleak strategy and hit the road, man. Yeah, I think you're right. We're we're not quite at three hours, so you know, congratulations for that. And <laughs> right, but we're and, damn close. Yeah, we're we're pretty close. We're within fifteen minutes or so of that, but uh, it'll and, edit. It'll probably edit I, down uh, to uh, two and a half hours, so it'll be great. And there's only like five things I wanted to talk about that we didn't get to, so okay. not too bad. Not bad at all. <laughs> <laughs> okay, do we want to ask uh, the, the oblique strategies a question? Oh. Uh, hmm. what question do you got anything in mind? Uh, let's ask it about Twin Peaks. Yeah, that sounds good. Are we going to be as blown away by it as we think we are? I like that one. So the question <laughs> is, are we going to be as blown away by it as we think we are? Retrace your steps. Ooh. Wow. Hmm. That's kind of prophetic. Does that mean mm. we're going to be as blown Retrace. away as we were for the uh, first incarnation of Twin Peaks? I mm. think we are, because if you retrace your steps to the original Lynch and yeah. realize that this new is going to be all Lynch, I think that's a good sign. Do you want right. to know what uh, Grotesque Tables 2 says? <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, counterbalance a soup clue. <laughs> <laughs> if wow. only it had said pie or coffee, but it was soup. <laughs> counterbalance a soup clue. I love uh, the grotesque yeah. tables too. Yes, tables too. Yeah. <laughs> so, see that ma- soup makes me think of the soup Nazi on Seinfeld, and Seinfeld mm. makes me think about how horrible the ending was. And <laughs> I hope tri- Twin Peaks. Well, the I don't think the Twin Peaks when it ended with Cooper hitting his head on the mirror and saying, "Where's Annie?" I don't think that was a bad ending. I liked that no, ending, even that though was great. 
it it was a cliffhanger. It still was a great ending. So yeah. um, maybe the ending will lead to the beginning of the new season. I know. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. I mean, yeah, I, and and I don't want to spoil anything for you. Did you did you see the trailer, the one trailer for Twin Peaks where it's just Cooper walking towards the camera and he's got this weird kind of grimace on his face? No, I don't. I don't okay. like you know me. I don't like to watch stuff. I know ahead but, of time. But that's um, but that's so vague. I mean, it doesn't mean anything. I mean, you know, for all we know, I'm reading right, yeah. way too much into it than what was really there. It could have just been a, you know, Kyle McLaughlin walking toward the camera and that's it. <laughs> it looked like, uh, yeah, but, it, yeah. but, it, but he kind of looked like he was still under the influence of Bob, but that could be just all in my head and had nothing to do with the, with the trailer. I wouldn't even call it a trailer. Right. I mean, that's right. It's a, yeah. a scene at best. Mm-hmm. Exactly. At mm, best. A shot, really. It's just a shot. Yeah, from it's more the... of a shot. Okay, well... Um, well, all right, man. All right, good show, dude. All right. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed this okay. episode, and I hope our uh, listeners oh. enjoyed it as well, so I will entreat them to slide in next week for another fabulous episode of A Slippery Slope. How's Annie? How's Annie? <laughs> <laughs>